What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to another episode of BOS Podcast. As with last week, you might be wondering why are we reposting older episodes? So right now we're reposting episode 102 with Pit Caribou. So if you want to know exactly why in detail, go check our last episode uh, that we just posted with, uh, we reposted the number 90 with uh, Luke from Godspeed. I explained it in detail, but the TLDR is um, basically we're just moving into seasons now. We've put all our old episodes into seasons. We're starting season six in 2020, and uh, we're reposting our top 10 most downloaded episodes until Christmas. So this is number nine. This is episode 102, Pit Caribou with Brad Murray. Uh, Brad is the 2IC essentially at Pit Caribou. He flew all the way to Montreal from Gaspésie just to chat to us, which was super cool. They actually have a satellite brew pub here in Montreal. Um, they're based out of Gaspésie. Uh, he was super, super warm and welcoming. The pub is cozy. It's a great little spot in the plateau. He busted open some of their bomb bottles that uh, you don't get to drink every day, including an Oval collab, which was crazy. Um, really fun chat. Uh, he's such a G. Um, interesting fact is they recently sold, Francis, the owner, he sold the brew pub to someone local. I believe um, Brad stayed on in his job role, and now Francis opened, uh, it's called Brett Air Sauvage. Um, a, the, I think it was Quebec, maybe even Canada's first all uh, wild or open fermentation brewery. So they have a cool ship and stuff. So they they brewed their first beers. They're currently doing their thing. So they're going to be another year or two away, but uh, very cool. So uh, of course, we'll still be posting uh, blogs and photos, reviews, travel vlogs, uh, blind taste tests, beer mails, all that good stuff via our social media. So make sure you follow us at BAOS Podcast, including on YouTube because we're posting stuff there. Um and make sure here you subscribe to wherever you're listening to the podcast and rate and review if you feel inclined. That would be extremely appreciated. So that is it, guys. Enjoy number nine in our top 10 countdown, episode 102, Brad Murray from Pit Caribou and get it in ya. Hey guys, this episode of BAOS Podcast is brought to you by Lilypad. At BAOS, we're all about spreading our love for craft beer and helping breweries grow. So to celebrate hitting over 100 episodes, 100 episodes, we teamed up with our friends at Lilypad for an exclusive offer. Lilypad are a team of beer lovers in Tampa, Florida, whose mission is to help craft breweries sell more beer. Our mates at Bose and Collective Arts both use the Lilypad app to empower their sales teams, keep track of their progress, and get more beers in the mouths of beer lovers like you guys. Now, if you're a beer rep or a brewmaster listening today and you want a kick-ass tool to help you grow, Lilypad is actually giving a $200 discount to anyone who reaches out to them and mentions BAOS Podcasts. So that is $200 off just for saying you heard it from us. So if you want to sell more of your delicious craft beer, head to lilypad.co, that's L-I-L-Y-P-A-D dot C-O, and schedule a demo with them today. Now, let's drink some beer. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 102 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. And today, we are here at the Pit Caribou Brew Pub in, I guess it's a plateau still, right? Yes, exactly. Plateau. plateau. With Brad Murray, sir. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out. Thank you, uh, Greg, for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. You flew in all the way from Gaspésie yeah. yesterday yeah. just for that's, this. That's a thousand kilometers. This guy, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Um, so first of all, what, what is your job role? I was gonna, I was gonna. Well, theoretically, on paper or on my business cards, it says representative. But I would say that my job, I'm basically paid to talk and drink. That's uh, 
the job we all want. Yeah. So speaking of the drinking, we're doing the talking. Like you've got something fantastic to start well, with. Well, I think we should start mm. off with the Flauds Quebec version yes. three. This version is three. The third okay. version. I did see uh, that. Yeah, you can get a close up of this if you'd like. No, it's perfect. No, you go from bottom I'm just checking for it untapped because I did see the uh, third now the third this is just the third batch. Exactly, okay. exactly. And uh, to say the whole point exactly and the whole point of this is that we go and we actually get we go and get the yeast ourselves. So this is actual yeast that we go and get off a, a tree locally called the Cerizerie, which is a like a wild cherry plant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was aged, if I'm not mistaken, seven months in oak barrels. Yeah. So it says here, third version, aged seven months in... Uh, seven months wine in, barrels? in wine barrels from the Oka winery, Winery. Oka, which is relatively close to here, though. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So you'll see this is really, really nice. The third version, a little cuter. Yeah, uh, green bottle, the gold cap. You know, so there's actually different between yeah. each one. Oh wow, this one's great! Cheers! All right, cheers. Get in ya. Hmm. Oh wow, that's nice. That's beautiful. Um, so during the podcast, when I document, if you saw on Facebook, I do all the stupid beer photos. Oh, that's fine. So we have to. I'm going to be uh, bothering you for those a lot. Oh, that's if that's fine. okay. Well, look, can we get the guy in there? There we go. Legend. Thank you, sir. So, first things first, let's get your beer story. So, how did you get involved with Paribu? Well, no, before you pick Paribu, how did you get involved with beer? How did you fall in love with beer? Uh, well, obviously, growing up on the Gaspé Coast, a uh, very isolated region, a uh, beautiful region by the ocean. Uh, pretty young, you start off with uh, with alcohol. Cheap of beer, of course. And you want a cheap high, and you're a teenager. You, you know, That's you, how you do it, right? You go with the cheap beers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was lucky enough to be childhood friends with Francis Jonco, which is one right. of the owners of this brewery. Yes. And uh, How many owners do they have? They started off originally with three, okay. and now Francis is the only owner, okay, sole so he's owner. The Perfect. And he always told me, Brad, you're bilingual, perfectly bilingual, you love beer and you have such a big mouth, I want you. <laughs> so, you know, 11 years later, here I am. 11 years is crazy. Yeah. So it was like, was that one of your first, was this your first, uh, I guess, job in the beer world? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked a little bit in a bar, but more like charging cash when you come in, things like that. Though. Right. Yeah. So then when you... Um, joined? Did you sort of start at a, at a different role and just kind of merge? It was always beers? it was always publicity. It was always like a, a new beer comes out or there's a social event. I'm the one there serving the beer, selling the beer, meeting with the public, getting new clients. Uh, I'm Mr. PR. Okay, so you do all the okay. That's why. So I was talking to Francis. I've I've I was saying I know him. I've never met him, but I've spoken to him many times over the years on Facebook. I've been wanting to get a podcast with him, and he was like, you know what? His English is bad. He's gonna send you. You're the man, and I, I like. He's very such a respected uh, guy in the scene. Definitely, um, definitely for multiple reasons. Uh, I would think the size of our brewery. We started out in. If you don't mind, if we talk about the history. No, that was my next question. So great segue. We start out in 2007. Okay. Uh, 2007. The hype on micro craft breweries wasn't where it is today. No. Okay. Uh, we started out the first year. We brewed about 15,000 liters. Okay. And this year, we hit the cap of 800,000 liters. Is that, no, when you say cap, cap meaning that's the maximum capacity you guys had? Oh, no, I just mean cap, like... Well, that's why you, that's the real cap. That's amazing. Yeah. So, how did it start? Like, how did the the brewery come together? Well, uh, there was Benoit Couillard, which now owns Oval. You've probably heard of Oval. Certainly have. Who hasn't? Yeah, who hasn't if you're in Quebec. So, Benoit and Francis. Yep. They both work in construction. One was working with, it was a bricklayer. The other one was like a, a woodworker. Okay. And 
they had developed the passion. They were brewing beer in their basement, and they said, "You know what? Screw this. We're not gonna. We want to work for ourselves." And they decided to open up Pit Caribou. Right. 2007. Okay. And uh, what, where does the name come from? I was always wondering about that. Pit Caribou is actually a character in a TV show, a folk TV show, a Quebec show called uh, Seraphim. Okay. Un homme et ses péchés. Uh, Seraphim means isn't that like the like a fairy or a pixie type of thing? Uh, I'm not going to I don't even know. Uh, but it's it's a show about in the late 1800s, if I'm not mistaken, in rural Quebec. Right. Uh, some guy you know that has money and he's uh, like a Grinch type guy. Okay. But there was a character in the show whose name was Pit Caribou, who was a hardcore alcoholic. <laughs> And there was always like moonshine hidden everything, and that's kind of where the name came from. That's and, amazing. Is that him? the image? No, that's not him. But the image is mainly because where we are, a thousand kilometers east of Montreal, uh, right by the ocean, uh, it's Fisher. It's this fisherman's village. You know what I mean? Like right beside our shop, uh, you see, you actually watch the fishing boats go out in the morning to go and get the lobster. Right. Yeah. That's super. Uh, like very sort of come to the Maritimes type of behavior. Exactly. That's sick, man. Theoretically, the Gaspagos belongs to Quebec, but it's it's more of like a maritime like, region if you look where it is and everything. And right. So. I've seen a lot of pictures of it. I don't know why it keeps coming up. I'm really keen to go there. And I just see that big... That's that rock thing? Percy Rock, that's about yeah. seven kilometers away from the brewery. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so then... So the brewery operations are all completely out of Gaspésie? Everything. Everything's out of Gaspésie. Okay. Yeah. So I was just explaining to Tiff. She didn't realize that this was actually like a... I didn't explain it to her properly. I should. This is like your. Is this your first? Uh, like, I was gonna say brew pub. It's not a brew pub. It's a tasting room. It's a taste. It's ta- Americans it's a call it a tap room. A tap room. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, this is the only one outside of Gaspésie. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. The brew. The, the, the beer is brewed in a small village called Ansabofis. Okay. Which is seven kilometers west of Per Se. Okay. The town of Per Se, where the big rock is. Right. And then in Per Se, we have a, a, an actual pub. Okay. But it's a tap room, basically. It's called a pub, but it's a tap room. Uh, and that is called the Pit Caribou Pub. Whereas this, that opened up in 2014. Okay. Whereas this one opened up in 2016. Right, so it is new. Okay. Because we used to live not too far around the corner. And I, when a friend from out of town, I came here a couple of years ago with him. I think it might have just opened. And I was like, where was this all the time? Did I just not know about it? But 2016 well, makes more sense. And what's fun about this, like I was mentioning earlier when we were off camera, is... When Francis opened this up, he wanted it to be 80%. He wanted the Gaspésians that live away from the Gaspé coast because mm-hmm. there's a, a shortage of jobs where we're from. Right. It's mainly tourism, fishing, things like that. Okay. So a lot of people leave the area to come and work on construction or come and work on other things around Montreal. Hmm. So he wanted those Gaspésians to have a home away from home. So he opened up this pub and it's 80% our beers. And theoretically, I think we got some images earlier of the taps. Uh, a lot of microbreweries from eastern Quebec, uh, Oval, uh, Tête d'Allumette, uh, Naufrageur, mm-hmm. a lot of them you have a line year-round here. Right. So you can actually come here and get beer from eastern Quebec, which often no other bar in Montreal has. Right. Now that's really sick. And you also mentioned that a lot of the uh, f- the fixtures and all the tables and stuff are, were from the area too. Exactly, exactly. So it, it permitted us to help artisans, local artisans, do some work. That's so sick, man. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. I didn't realize, I mean, being that I'm a foreigner, not only to Canada, but, you know, to, to Quebec and the region, I, I didn't realize there was uh, such an attachment to that area and to be able to bring that to the other side of the province. Well, amazing. people are very proud of their regions. If you look at Quebecers, if they're from other isolated regions, like the Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean, which has cool. some very good microbrews yes, there. Yes, I heard about that place. Uh, well, 
people from there often, you know, are exiled to go and work in other areas. It's the same thing. They do a, they do a lot of. When you speak to them, they're very proud of the region. Right. You know, same thing. People from the North Shore, Setil, Bekomo. Bekomo has a very nice microbrewery as well. Okay, Setil, I've heard of that before. Seven yeah. Islands, right? And yes. There's a, there's a whole microbrewery. There's a, there's there's a craft Setil. brewery in Bekomo called Saint Pancras. Saint Pancras. Oh yeah, I've heard that. And they actually make a beer with crab. Oh yeah, I done them. Did crab? One of those it's, a bitter, yes. okay, it's a bitter. It's a bitter, and it's called crab. They just boil it up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I think I remember reading about that. Okay. There's a lot of fascinating stuff that's sort of like, you know, being in Montreal, I feel like we're very Montreal centric. This beer is, yeah, please. I was actually about to say, this beer is exceptional. It is, eh? This is very uh, much, I don't like to say this, like, the, the, the refinement reminds me of that Hill Farmstead type of attention to detail. Does that be, would you well, say that's accurate? Well, actually, I think that's, for us, that's, uh, that's a compliment. Like Hill Farmstead, if you, can be, if you can be compared to Hill Farmstead, I mean, wow. In that level of refinement, of this, there's something about this. I'm just like, this is like so exceptionally well made. It's like someone described it to me recently. It was like, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but it's not just like this jumbled mess. Everything is perfectly in its Very place. Very well balanced. Super well balanced. The acidity that you see towards the end, you can tell it really comes from a the aged barrel. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Got to note that down actually, the citrus. This is honestly phenomenal. So I've been listening to you talk and just uh, enjoying this beer. Um, okay, so all the Gaspazi stuff. Um, I want to ask about the the I guess the beer scene. Clearly, there's quite a a significant beer scene. Like I guess if you want to say Eastern Quebec or at least that region. What was that region called? You sort of mentioned uh, a... Est du Quebec, which That's just old. means East of Quebec. East of Quebec. Okay, so wh- that where does... starts off like in the first town that there's a new craft brewery just opened up. They pop up like mushrooms. <laughs> it's called Montmagny, the town. It's about oh. 45 minutes east of Quebec City. So it's basically everything from there down. Oh, wow. That's yeah. significant because Quebec City is only three hours east of here. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, so I guess that there's, there's a significant amount of like beer scene out there. Definitely. Is, it, is there a lot of... Um, is it, would you, is it comparable to say, you know, Montreal, I feel like everyone kind of knows everyone and that type of thing. Well, is it like that thing, or is it... The thing that I've noticed with Montreal, it's very particular. It's a large city. So yeah. when you live in Montreal, often your area, your, your quartier, your, I'm trying to think of the English word, no, your... Like, uh, the quartier neighborhood. Yeah, like, your neighborhood, yeah. your quartier, your square often has their own little pub or yes. brew pub, I should say, often. Uh, so people often want to go to their, you know, you just hop on but bike ride you see bikes outside yeah bike down ride here. you know you just take the metro you go five minutes away and you have your own group up yeah whereas where we're from it's not necessarily that sometimes you have to drive you know 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour right so it's a little more difficult for people to perhaps so if they're spending the night there's going to be a dd type of thing someone's going to take you there okay exactly. um so there's is there like this sense of community i guess is kind of what i'm asking like you know, I know that all the, every time I interview anyone in Montreal, and that goes for Vermont or Toronto or anywhere else, they, there's a very much like, oh yeah, oh, we did that with this person, and everyone seems to know each other from this, from the brewers to the owners to the sales reps to the bar staff. Like everyone, definitely, knows it's 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 like I tell people thing. often. Sometimes people, and it makes it always makes me laugh because they say, oh, that's your competitor, and they talk about like the next craft brewer that's like 200 kilometers away from me, <laughs> and I say, no, he's not my competition. My yeah. competition is Molson and Labatt. What I want every year is to go and take Some parts of, that, yeah. of, of the market away from Molson and Labatt. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, among us, it's, like I said, Neuf Khajar, which is the closest to us, 200 kilometers away. We have their beer here year-round on tap. Right. Would you do that with a competitor? No. 
That's uh, really true. We want everyone to grow and to succeed. Because and I love that's about beer. It's the best thing about it is that that attitude is absolutely universal. Exactly. Um, and it's very cool because it's like if uh, I don't know if you feel this way. I've heard someone say before, like, oh, if another brew pub opened across the street over there, they wouldn't be upset. Like, ah, oh, cool. This is good because it's going to bring more people as in. As long as they have They'll, different beers. Well, yeah, that would probably be the same thing. But either way, most people, as a drinker yourself, I mean, sometimes you step back from the role in the in the industry and be like, all right, well, I want variety. All drinkers tend to want variety. Well, at least craft beer drinkers want variety. Oh, you see, like I said yesterday, <coughs> on my flight up, I had a three-hour layover in Quebec City. Yeah. So close to the airport is an Archibald, uh, which a lot of people still unfortunately think is craft beer. Yes. It's not, it was bought by Labatt. But it's a nice place. So, you know, I was with a buddy, went there. We had two beers. And at least it gives you a chance to try something different. Yeah. Was it the best beer of the world? Definitely not. But, you know, it's, it's better than going and having a Molson X at a, at a casual spot. You know what I mean? That's true. And that's one thing I, I'm, I absolutely agree that the, the, the faux craft, essentially, I mean, they were craft and then they sold. So now they're faux craft. And that, that is often a gateway because they do have the reach. They have the advertising dollars. They, they have, have the money. The, the, well, yeah, just the money to bring the people in. I mean, that goes for all of the ones that were purchased. Mill Street, because Mill Street in Toronto, are you familiar with them? Mill Street in 2011, our guest BZM, which is a robust porter, at the Canadian Brewing Awards won silver medal. We were beat out by the porter of... Vanilla porter? Or just uh, the original porter? It wasn't called Cobblestone or something Oh, Cobblestone, like that. stout. That's a stout. Okay, in that case, it was... Anyway, it was their porter that won... Yeah, it nice. was Mill Street, and I thought, wow, Mill Street. I, don't, I didn't know who they were. They're Toronto. Yeah, and the year the year after they were purchased by Labatt or Molson, <sighs> one of the two. I yeah. always forget. I think it's Molson. Um, they were they were my gateway when I started in 2011. So they I, they were craft and they were local. They were easy drinking. They were what I tell people often is honestly like Rickards Red. You've obviously heard of yep. Rickards Red. Now, what I tell people is. Molson, who owns Rickards Red, they own the rights to that product. Yes. They're actually the ones that helped and are still helping craft beer people have the success they have today. Because there was a period, I'm 34 years old, so I mean, go about 10, no, even more than that, 15 years ago. You couldn't go to a restaurant and there wouldn't be, you know, a, nap, uh, a napkin on the table. There wouldn't be a little sign saying, hey, Rickards Red, or a waitress that would say, would you like a Rickards Red, sir? And at that point, people were like, oh, a red beer, you know, what, what? The, can we swear? Can we swear on this? It's called beer and other shit. Yeah. So you can say whatever what the you fuck. Like. You know, <laughs> a red beer. A red beer in two thousand seven. Yeah. So, but it was always on sale and it was always being pushed. Right. So people actually tried the damn Rickards Red, and then he, the guy would try it and say to his wife, "Wow, honey, wow, honey, this is, this is good. You know, a red beer is." Yeah. Just, so that opened their mind and their taste buds to to realizing there's something else in the, their damn blonde beer. Yeah. That's a great point. I didn't think of it really like that. I'd be like Rickers Red would have been a uh, yeah because they were gateway. pushing it so hard all huh. across the province. Right, and that was in Quebec specifically. Yeah, because huh. I only moved here in 2010, so I didn't see that uh, type of stuff. But I guess it is good that they all have. Um, they, they do definitely have a role. I guess the unfortunate side would be that someone would go into an Archibald pub or something like into Mill Street and they would believe that it's craft beer and, and if they don't have a good experience or they think that's what it is and this is a bit misled. Um, it's, it's, it's two sides to it. It's very interesting. I enjoy your term full craft. Faux craft, yeah. yeah. I enjoy the term. First time I hear it. You haven't heard that? Okay, yeah. Just like, a, I feel like it's, I didn't make it up, of course, I read it somewhere, but it was a, I feel like it sums it up quite nicely, like what it is. And it's like, it was aimed at, because I think there's two types of faux craft. There's the the purchased breweries, all the ones we were just talking about, and then there's like brands, so Shock Top, 
Uh, that is just literally. He, no, come on. The orange on that looks like he's on acid or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's got the fohawk. He's got the mohawk, and he looks like he's he's spaced he's out. Off there. his head. He's off on PCB or something. I want some. What he's having? Just not, not his beer. Not his beer. We can keep that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like those ones that, that they're more manipulative, I guess, because at least the, per- the, the the craft breweries that have been purchased, whether it's in Canada or the states, like Granville Island too, because they're everywhere, Goose Island and stuff like that, they they essentially were craft and they still retain their branding for the most part so it's authentic because it was authentic that's what got them purchased in the first place whereas their faux craft is literally just a product exactly like someone said to me the other day Blue Moon Blue Moon thank you great one a Belgian moon Belgian Uh, Belgian moon in Canada Blue Moon in the States which is apparently Rickard's White same thing so this is the other thing I learned the other day someone said to me they go like there is no Rickard's Red Brewery I was like what do you mean no Rickard's Brewery it's not a thing it doesn't exist no it doesn't and I was like that's means it's a Molson just it's a product it. it's a product it's just a label does. slapped on something else and, yeah. that, and that's why it made sense that if it's the same owners maybe AB does Blue Moon in the States and apparently Rickard's White was Blue Moon because I always like wondered why it wasn't and the bad. first time I saw the advertisement for Blue Moon uh, I was with the owner of here we were gone down to the American the Craft American CB, Brewer uh, CBC exactly yeah. we were down the Craft Brewer Conference thank that's you. the one yeah, yeah. and uh, that's where I saw this huge like this 30 30 foot high by like 60 feet long blue moon advertisement and I thought wow that looks good and I tried it and it was terrible oh my god <laughs> do you know what I feel like when I first tried it I liked it because I was still really new whereas I reckon if I have it now I'd be like what is this trash because we, we know we know too much now we've exactly. gone too far you see this beer is going down too easy it's gorgeous um, okay sick so like there's and a you see this is you drink still only 5% oh no I'm not even it's like water it's refreshing it's the warm up yep. I like that we busted out the bottle stuff I said to you earlier like I actually on Facebook I was like yo we're we gonna just cause I know that Pete Caribbean is it you just love when you see this isn't it what the little drips at the bottom yeah. you can't waste a little yeah. part of it I appreciate that about someone who's been working in a brewery for 11 years and you're not wasting a drop cause I see brews all the time cause it's just so plentiful just like ah throwing shit no 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 no, no. not around here no that's not even a monetary aspect it's I mean it's so good when you want the taste this like, is where the taste is. Ooh, it's the yeast at the bottom, the chewy stuff. Exactly. You look in there, see this is clean then. Totally clean. Yeah. But I can see this, like, I feel like it's gets slightly more opaque, maybe in exactly, your one there. Exactly, exactly. Like, just a little, if not that compare, much. If you were to compare to, during the video, compared to, like, the first, it was, it was more oh. clear, you could see through it. Yeah. That's why some brewers, we don't write it on our bottles. Depending, maybe we should for certain ones, rouse the yeast. Okay. Which is a term I, I one oh. of my roles at Pit Caribou is I do the if there's like an international contest I do like the subscription and I send the beers out. Nice, and like you write up the the notes and stuff. Exactly, so. I decide which beers are going to be sent, and that's something that I saw. Uh, you're able to if you want check off the category rouse the yeast, huh. which means to which like, means basically for ex- exactly for example you'll, you'll serve a certain amount and then you'll you'll make sure that you everything incorporates and you if you check that off it's because you want the judge to do that make sure they get, get as much flavor, flavor as possible ah. see I noticed that recently sometimes we do these other videos where we do beer reviews like maybe brewers will send us a, a package or whatever and sometimes I do it by myself sometimes I do it with someone else and what I would do I would, if I'm pouring two glasses or I'm doing it myself but I didn't want to pour a whole thing I'll just pour this much just so people can see it and get the point but then after I turn off the camera and then I'll fill up a, a full glass of it and then it would be completely different it might be an IPA and it'll be like you said before that and then I'll finish it off and it'll be hazy I'm like ah oh, like I feel like I'm a bit you feel more like conscious you could have had a, a I feel like more I didn't complete do experience yeah I didn't do the be a justice is what I'm more worried about than more, more so than my experience but 
Yeah, I didn't think that that's actually. I only learned about that. Rouse the yeast last year. Okay, I'm rouse pretty, the yeast. I'm, I'm Look, pretty sure that's going to be your new favorite expression. <laughs> rouse the shit out of that yeast. Yeah. I like it. Like, I like hey, that hey look. Tiff, are we going to rouse the yeast? <laughs> we rouse that or not? Are you rousing? Are you rousing? <laughs> hey, we're all teaching today. I like this. This is educational, folks. Um, okay. So I'm just trying to think. What else did I want to ask about Gaspazia? I just I'm so fascinated by what you guys are doing out there. I think it's just so sick. So there's literally the only one in the town that you're in is like this 200 k's is the next one. Like it's that, like is it like that remote? Can you describe that as remote or it's just like the breweries are just spread apart? Uh, the closest one to us is actually I said that earlier. Uh, the closest one to us since 2015 is Oval. Okay, so they're in the same Oval area, right? is, is literally about seven kilometers away. Okay, so that's really uh, close. Yeah. Um, do you guys work with them much? Because we did one beer. Uh, I could actually check if it's available. I don't think it is. I have the. Was it like a? Because we have the regular menu here, and then we have this on the bottle. bottle menu. Yeah, all the special stuff. Yeah, this is when you want to. If you're willing to bring out the box, this is the type of beer that. Because you guys definitely have the uh, the material for it. You guys have no, some I don't. The, uh... I don't think it's here. No. When when was the collab? I will check though uh, after. Yeah. It's. It's a beer that was made. It's a collaborative brew. Everyone's it's a collaborative here. brew with Oval and Sutton Brewery. Oh, nice. Sutton, Sutton Great Brewery too. makes some amazing things. They but do. according to this, we don't have it. No, that's no. fine. No. no problems. Because as you can see here, we have some crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, we've got things that have been aging for over a year, year and a half here. That's a reasonable price for the full bottle. Yeah. These are 750 ml bottles, of course. Jeez, for less than 30 bucks in yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. That's really good. So you got this, the the floor. Oh, you got two and three. Nice. Exactly. Got the one, the two, and the three. Nice. Oh, sorry. I didn't even notice the first one there. And the three, uh, I think, is the best. Three is the best? Yeah. What was the beer? I never tried it. It was the one that was wrapped in that paper bag. That was our anniversary beer with uh, basil and sour. What we do a lot now is we actually make, we let the hops uh, kind of like go sour. Okay. Yeah, the, the term in French is called houblon surannée. Okay. Like yeah. sourine hops. Now, what does that do? I've never heard of that. Uh, you hang them upside down and you let them kind of start to mold type thing. There's a process. I mean, we don't just let them go to go to hell. Right? <laughs> but uh, there's Special a process. Mold. Exactly. Mold. Okay. Exactly, yeah. And that's and you actually brew with yep. those whole yeah, like, exactly. palletized or anything. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And you see, we actually have here, uh, if you can see, I don't know if we want to try and get it on camera or not. We can get but, some B-roll, yeah. Uh, you have, we have private imports here. For example, some of the best lambic, you know, possible. Yeah, uh, we've got Boone. You can actually get bottles of Boone here. That's from Vitrio. I think they import that now. Yeah, I met them. Well, so. you've got Festate as well. Nice. Yeah, they were here for um, Fruderni. Exactly. Okay. Uh, we got uh, beers from Iceland. We have Belg- Belgian beers. We have American, uh, English, Thornbridge. Damn. So and it's all sours mostly, right? You guys hey, are really much, yeah, pretty much yeah. Okay, this yeah. sense. Yeah, I love. It. Oh, you get the half bottle. They half bottles. Is that what that is? Or it's like a half pour. Uh, I would think that that would probably be a. Oh, it's a three. Like all the mini bottles. Three seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's reasonable. Thirteen like, bucks like, for, for example. Of... This is even cheaper than ours, which is surprising because it's uh... actually direct from Belgium. Yeah, I had the creek at um, at Thingo. That's pretty good. And then, and then well, a whole bunch of local and gins we, and stuff. Yeah, uh, for example, local gins. There are two on the Gaspi Coast, two distilleries right now. Radoon, mm-hmm. which is made with mushrooms. Nice. Local mushrooms. And uh, this one here in Percy called Des Herbes Folles. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I like that a lot. That definitely sticking with the local stuff. Yeah. It's very cool. See, vodkas. It's all, these are mainly 
except for the rums, of course. They're mainly Quebec alcohols. Right. Yeah, it's like Oshlag makes vodka. Yes, they do. Yeah, St. Lawrence is from whiskey. Yeah, gin. Romeo's Gin from Montreal. I've never heard of it, but... I don't think I've seen that around. I like that. There's so much happening in Montreal, or at least in Quebec in general. Even kombucha and stuff locally. Yeah. Oh uh, this God. is non-alcohol, alcohol. of course. But still, I'm a big, definitely a huge kombucha fan, so like... Well, you see, we make kombucha, a new local kombucha, yeah. That's so sick. Yeah. I love it. So basically, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's Pit Caribou. We've got the stuff. <laughs> that should be the slogan. There. Should be our, our We've slogan. got the stuff. Pit Caribou. We've I mean, got like, the stuff. That's why they pay the big bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Um, what was I going to... I had something. I lost it now. Damn it. Um, yeah, so you guys are doing the the, sig- so the the big bottle stuff is what we're talking about and the collabs and working in the area. Thank you. Um, so as far as like... Do you guys do a lot of like trying do collabs locally or anything like that or is it uh, sort of, um... this year uh, three days ago actually a brewery from here called Mabrasserie uh, they actually came down and we did a collab oh yeah uh, so far this year we also did a collab that's aging in oak barrels right now in our shea nice uh, with uh, here in Montreal it's called it's called it's called what the fuck is it called <laughs> it's a collab with another brewery yeah okay uh, a few names some of the local okay. places where you can go and have a drink here though uh, this is Buzzwell. We're trying to, is it in this area? Yeah. Oh, I say this area oh. on the island. Though, on the island. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm having a blank all of a sudden. Buzzwell. Hurricane. Is, oh, Hurricane. Yeah. There you go. We just you did a collab call. with Hurricane. Yeah, they're great. Francis is a G. I was actually going to. Had yeah. I known, I would have mentioned his name. Francis yeah. Richet. Francis and uh, Pierre. Jimmy Pierre. Uh, Tall French guy. Fred's in France. Probably if I Tom. Yeah. yeah. I think he's one of the brewers there. He's yeah. crazy. It's mental. And Francis keeps ducking me. Oh yeah? Yeah, he knows. I saw him. I saw him in Mundial. He knows. I'm gonna get him one day. Oh, you said sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he apologized. But still, it doesn't matter. I'm still gonna call him out. Um, so let's think. They're really good. They're great with the barrel age type of stuff as well. Doing and that's what we're trying to specialize more and more in is the barrel age stuff. Because yeah. that's where... I won't even say that's where the money is because theoretically it, it costs a lot because while your beer is aging, it's just an investment. Just, yep. Exactly. And it could go either way. It could go either way. But that's what the people want nowadays. Yeah, that's. We're, I think we're always like a few years behind the American. Definitely, you know, we're Catching always a few up. years behind like the American. Um, a palette. The, te- the, the, the trends. Tenden- trends. Thank you. Trends. I was gonna say tendencies, but uh, yeah, close enough. Um, so obviously, uh, that's what we want: the sours. You know, the oak barrel aging. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely something that Quebec does really well. Um, oh, it's very. From, from what I heard, I spoke with Ben from Oval a few days ago, and he was at Fruit Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, he told me that trust me we have nothing to envy uh, and all these international brewers that came here mm-hmm. when they saw how the organization was uh, I think we have nothing to envy them I think I think definitely that's that's pretty fair um, particularly say Quebec has, has really 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 nailed that Belgian profile where it's like the saisons the barrel age type of stuff the sours it's really sort of moving now with the the legality of what's up we uh, get that's uh, what's really fun cool I'm really glad you mentioned that yes. because we are the first brewery to have done it yes. spontaneous fermentation Very cool. and it's the owner of my boss here Francis Jonco he actually personally he made it a personal war against the war is a big word of course but <laughs> personal battle of his against the RACG uh, which is the Régie des Alcools Cours Séjour basically it's the oh. alcohol uh, like the commission great, right you know uh, they're the ones that, because <clears throat> it was a very old law and it said that beer in Quebec has the has to actually been man has to be a human's hand that puts the yeast in it's ridiculous but okay 
Okay, so that's that's what was stopping us in Quebec from being allowed to do the spontaneous fermentation. Because mm. theoretically, spontaneous fermentation, if your fans know what it is, it's that you just let the beer cool off in a in a large open swimming pool. Yeah, swimming type pool. thing, like about a foot deep. Uh, it's, yeah, about yeah, it's exactly. The yeah. ours is about thirty. It's three thousand liters hours, and it's it is about a foot deep exactly. Yeah. I've never tried swimming in it. I'd like to. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. But next, uh, ep- next time we'll come up. Next there. episode, we'll swim in the course. We'll three of us course. just hop in. Yeah, <laughs> do the episode in there. And bathing uh, in lambic. So theoretically, you're not adding any yeast by hand. Right. It's that because we don't see it on camera right now, but we don't even see it with our eye, naked eye. But there's there's a shitload of bacteria and yeast everywhere in the room right now. Yeah. There's some crazy shit right, right here, cool. right, 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 here. Right, 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 right here, right now, right here, inhaling it, yeah, yeah, inhaling yeah, yeah, yeah. it all, yeah. which is sick. I, we went to one uh, this new brewery called Bench in um, Niagara region, Ontario. So it's my first time seeing the cool ship in person, and and well, at least they had the full room, like this upstairs room with the like the, the the blinds with the slats, and then the chicken wire on the fence. So basically, you just let it. I, mean, I guess you have to wait until probably September, October, when it gets a bit cooler at night. And, all the natural yeast come in and stuff. Exactly. It's so fascinating. So it's really cool that you guys are like pioneering that idea. And our cool ship, we're the first ones in Quebec to have it. And one of our assistant brewers actually went down to Trailway. Have you ever nice. had Trailway? Of course. I literally picked up on the way here. I had to go back inside because I got a delivery. I did a trade to get some. Well, Trailway, out. which at the moment for their IPAs are really the brewery you know, in, in Canada, for what I'm hearing anyway. Uh, they actually asked one of our assistant brewers to go down and kind of show them how the cool ship works nice. because they just purchased one. Nice. You see, you guys just got a little story there. Yeah, I like that. Maybe right. people don't they know that they have there. a cool ship there, but you see, Craig Thorne, he's got what's going on. I know. Rate, review, subscribe. There you go. Thanks, mate. I'll pay you afterwards. Um, so that's super sick. So have you? I guess you've, you've cranked her up. and Definitely. Uh, the first beer we had was called La Perseide. Okay. And it was a 375 bottle. We only took out 1,350 bottles. Okay. And it was selling like crazy. And I, I had yeah. some recently, uh, about a year later. It's really, it tastes like an apple cider. It's okay. really crazy how it went with a little smell. You can, it aged in oak barrels and you can smell the, you can smell the whiskey. <laughs> it's a whiskey barrel. Mm-hmm. You can smell the, it's, it's amazing. That's crazy. And have you, we've continued of course to. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, and now what we do is we often age beers that the original batch of spontaneous fermentation beer was in. Ah, because now there's some, like, like that bacteria exactly. living in there. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sick. That's the whole point of, you know, oak age barrels. Of course, yeah. You, you want to get the flora that's inside, you know what I mean? That's so cool, man. I really, really like that. Um, how would you describe, then, the beers that Pit Caribou makes? I guess it's, is it like, as a whole, what's what's the approach to beer? Because you guys have some crazy, like, like the lollipop well, beer and stuff, which is crazy. Well, uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's what we should try next. I lollipop. Love, please, I'd love to. I uh, love that beer. What I wanted to mention is that, yes. for example, we have, like, the main classics. There are five classics. Okay. And I do a lot of, like, beer sampling in grocery stores with, like, food pairing. And what nice. I tell people, when you want to mm-hmm. know what a regular classic beer is, you need to find this logo, yeah. smack dam. On the center of the beer. Right. So we have a blonde, which is a golden ale. We have our Bonaventure, which is an amber ale. Mm-hmm. We have a wit beer. We have a robust porter. And we have a goes. Yes. Goes, which is very interesting as well. 
I think I had that last time I came here. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I did. It's yeah. really good. Very I love guys. These guys are so good. And then we have all kinds of specialty editions. Right. Like, for example, right now on tap here, we've got the American IPA, mm -hmm. the uh, Appalachian American IPA, which used to be in the 660 bottles, the green bottles. Yep. The, there was no sticker. The bottle was it like... It was printed the, on. Yeah. I love that. That was one of my first major Quebec IPAs that I had, and I was like, this is amazing. That would really, uh, like I say in French, they're arraché la gueule. It would just rip your taste buds oh, yeah. right out there. That was like that old school, like, palate wrecking, uh, bitter... Exactly. Pops. Yeah. Love it. Exactly. It's awesome. That's good. That's uh, I think uh, we take a little two minute break and I go and get some lollipops. I'll, I'll keep them entertained. Oh, oh, we just keep it going. Jesus. This is this is pretty raw. Yeah. This is a crazy guy. I'm, I'm I, mental. I, I like that he just used the word raw because that's how I would describe him. First time meeting him in person. <laughs> raw. Raw. You feel raw? You getting that vibe? You're pretty raw. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. That's really the nicest thing anyone said to me. I'm not sure if it's a compliment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll be right okay. back. I'm, no worries, man. Take your time. We'll just have a chat. We'll have a chat. So how's that Brad guy, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'll Thank take you. your glass. Cheers, sir. Very nice. So the lollipop, yeah, we're about to wait for that one. I first had this lollipop beer. Would have been at uh, Beers de Saveur at Chambly in a couple of years ago. So we actually won an award, like the best in show. They have like a, a I don't know what you want to call it, like a, a, con not a contest. I guess a contest where brewers enter their beers into a contest. And, um, and they... Uh, that particular beer, it was like, it's like a sour with. Uh, Brad will explain what it is, but it's this bright red, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous thing, um, and uh, it's it's just crazy. So they brought it back. So one that year, I was like, this is amazing. It was my favorite beer of the festival too. Would it be two years ago? Was it twenty eighteen? It's probably twenty sixteen. And then they brought it back um, for this year, and I, I visited here. I've been I've been to this pub maybe like three times. And uh, I came with uh, Chris from Hops and Bro. Shout Chris. And we, I tried, as soon as I saw it on the list, I'm like, hell yeah, I need to try this again. Um, and I just don't remember if it was different, but it's, it's so fantastic. It's just such an interesting beer, particularly for a brewery that does like uh, this type of, like we just had this like impeccable refined saison. And then the Japanese, like super interesting bright red lollipop beer. Hells yeah. Thank you, sir. As you can see, look at that. I'm giving you a good head. That sounds <laughs> terrible. But... Hey, it's all a boat can ask for. I was just I was just describing a beer. The first time I had this a couple of years ago at uh, Chambly when it won the uh, award for best in show. Yeah, I believe that was, that was 2014 or 15. Something oh, like okay, that, yeah. so it was 15. Okay, I think it's 15. So then, this is the latest version. This is the latest version. Uh, we changed it a little bit this in a way that say. we okay. soured the uh, entire thing. Right, right. Sour mash. Yeah, it's amazing. I need to put it in my face. Cheers. That is so good. What is in this? Well, this is a Berliner Weiss. Okay. Like I explained to people, Berliner Weiss, you know, Berlin. Yeah, Berliner. German. Yep. It's a German beer. Weiss meaning white. Usually it's a German white beer. Acidulic. You know, you can taste the acidity. Yep, certainly. Sour. Low in alcohol. So we're only talking about a 4% beer here. Mm. However, if you're wondering, this isn't white at all. We add uh, right, right. we add raspberries, lemons, and uh, strawberries. Okay, I can taste the strawberries for sure. Yeah. Lemon. Now you mention it, yes. Okay, and that's theoretically you're getting all the fruit you need in the day with this. There you go. I'm saying we're, I'm good to go. You weren't here originally. I hope it doesn't offend you, but I was telling him I was giving him a great head. Yes, on on the beer. Yeah, and it's good. That's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's beer. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, is this the exact? So you didn't change the fruit profile of this no. beer. It's still those three fruits. Exactly. Okay, that's so sick, man. This is just such an interesting beer. I was just saying there uh, before that. Um, I would think that this is the beer that honestly people ask us for the most. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a year round? It's what well, we brew it once a year. However, this year we brewed double. Every year we keep doubling how much we brew. Wow. So this year we brewed twelve thousand liters. Jesus. And we were very severe. Like a lot of, a lot of clients, for example, like certain grocery stores and things that, you know, they sell a little bit but not much. They only have our regular beers, the classics. Right, right. And so this is mainly specialty stores. Okay. That's what I thought. And you do the? Is it seven fifties? Or are they uh, this is 500, 500, 500 ml. Okay. Yeah, it used mm-hmm. to be in the Brewers Star series, mm-hmm. and this year we changed. The, we even changed the uh, the logo. We changed the the label. Everything. Now it's okay. pink. Nice. You actually see like a lollipop on it. It stands out. Yeah. Is that what, what? What were you actually trying to capture a particular flavor? Like lollipop is a, is the dope name, and it gives you an idea of the what it could taste like. Came out originally just because when we tasted it, it's like wow, it's like candy progressing. Uh, okay. And like, then at Chambly, what we used to do is on the tap, we would actually buy one of those, you know, these big multi-color yes, lollipops. Yeah, it was on that. Yeah, and we would tape it to the tap. It was so good, man. I remember, like, mind blown. I hadn't tasted much like that at the time. Particularly, I guess it was three years ago. I thought it was, like, two. I thought it was 2016, but yeah, 2015 sounds Because the only right? year that I went to Chambly personally uh, was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. And was it there? Uh, if you don't mind, I'll tell no, you, you check. in about three seconds. Yeah, so, yeah. no problem. Just, we always get confused with year. We go every year. It's like the one thing that's like a... Well, that's, I, I don't think we went 14, though. I think we went 15, 16, 17, 18. Well, you see, that's what's... When you're so far away, that's what... Yeah, it's so much harder from coming... Like, exactly. And do you want to trip me out? I was telling Tiff, you told me yesterday, you go, I've got a stopover. I'm like, what the hell are you going to stopover for? It's in the same province. Yeah. It's like... It's thousand it just, kilometers. Still, it just blows my mind yeah. that they would do that. It just seems so redundant. How long... Is, if you did it nonstop, how long would the flight be? Oh, it's only an hour and 45 minutes. But that's what I'm saying. That isn't because it's always Gatsby to Quebec City, and then Quebec City to everywhere else. Yeah, why? Why wouldn't the bigger city in the province cater to the smaller ones, or is it this the international airport here? Uh, um, both of them are international. Uh, it's always been that way. Uh, if I if I accepted the three hour layover, you saved like two hundred bucks. So I figured, what the fuck, you know? Fair, and you get to have some. Uh, well, that's that's another problem that we've been trying to fix for multiple years. It's actually cheaper to go down south for example if you wanted a week down in cuba yeah you get that for like seven eight hundred dollars sometimes just the return flight from gasway to montreal is like twelve thirteen hundred bucks wow yeah that's insane well looked in the states down in the states uh you can get like you can fly up all around the states for dirt cheap yeah yeah there's there's a lot of uh, ridiculous taxes it was 2014 so 2014 the year so, i was there so this beard came in 2014 or you see this, the first year we had it was 2014 yeah you see this was the this is one of the spokesmen for the festival jeff boudreau a quebecois actor okay yeah and this is a quebecois it's one of his friends who's always at the That's festival good. nice he's one of the most famous uh, quebec humorists oh yeah comedian yeah. okay yeah yeah that was a nice. terrible translation that was okay <laughs> i thought it might have been a different type of thing that's the yeah, problem when you're bilingual sometimes you say some weird stuff that doesn't yeah. really exist that's <laughs> actually one of my favorite things about living here is that, that i love seeing people just switch between the two we've been on the bus and like hearing people talk and they'll just say one sentence in english and then one in french because they just know how to say what they're trying to express easier in that language it's the coolest thing we thought we were trying to get there and then, then uh, i'm not gonna lie to you i'm i'm born english but i speak french about 90 95 percent of the time is that because so, of where you live yeah so besides with my parents, which I don't see often enough. Where do they live? Uh, only about like half hour away from me, but like okay. with work and everything. How about the Anglo out there, eh? Yeah. How does that work? 
Uh, there used to be more anglophones, yeah. but uh, theoretically, usually you're bilingual. English right. would be your first language, but for work and things, uh, yeah. Is it near the um, New Brunswick or New Nova Scotia borders? Is We're that... about three, the brewery is about 300 kilometers away from the New Brunswick border. Okay. South of that, I assume? Uh, east. East. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was going to keep going. I was going to keep, okay, that way. All right. Yeah. And then Nova Scotia, excuse my pathetic knowledge. We're of, northeast of, how... of the New Brunswick border. Oh, it's above it. Yeah. So you're going to go down. And then how... Then if you look at the map, uh, the Gaspé Coast, where we are and Oval is, uh, which I consider two of the best breweries in, in Quebec, if not in Canada, it's it's really like a bird's beak that comes out into the ocean. Oh, it's like a little peak. So you got to come come back off that peak to go exactly. where you need to go. Okay, is it far from Nova Scotia too or not really? Oh, you have to cut through New Brunswick. So uh, mm-hmm. we're about an eight-hour drive from Halifax. And how long would it be to drive from Montreal to Gaspé? About 10 hours. 10 hours if, you know, the only time you stop is when you're putting gas and you pee at the same time. And, like, you grab a sandwich in, in the and gas station and you, drive eat, you, eat, yeah. you yeah. eat the sandwich while you're driving. Yeah, it's like when we go to Toronto. We drive to Toronto once a month and they it's, like, five, five station. and a half. Well, whatever. They don't have enroutes probably right yeah. now. And, like, we get there in, like, five, five Are and a half. Are you dishing gas station sandwiches? Oh, are you, are you Tiffany? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she, she's, yeah, fancy. She's, she's very fancy. Very raw. <laughs> well, the opposite of raw, maybe. You're pretty unraw. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get more raw. Okay. I always wondered because I was like, I had a feeling it was just like hella far. 10 hours is significant. So if you want to take your time, you're going to be uh, 12 oh my, plus. If you take your time, it's 12 plus. Easy. Yeah. It's a lot. I guess there's a ton to see on the way though. I keep seeing pictures of other. We haven't been anywhere. Honestly, if ever, if ever you do it and you do it you know, for the show, uh, you're able to visit a lot of different craft groups yeah, that's the on the way. Yeah, or on the way out there. Eh? Oh, Christ. It's so ridiculous. I'd be down to do that. So we're trying to holler at the... Do you speak uh, any French at all? Little. I can get, like... Not going to lie to you, that, that could be a bit of a barrier there. Not, not a lot of uh, French Quebec brewers speaking English. Though. Okay, so we would not do many we'll podcasts. Like. But if, for a two-hour podcast or one hour and a half podcast... Yeah, we'd have to just be, like... Yeah, we'd have to vlog it. We do like vlogs with that little camera, and we sort of just document our journey doing stuff. Oh Christ! But this is at the same time. Talk for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's kind of I don't know. I really enjoy the the podcast. I'd like to talk to if there is people who, or at least somebody at the place who can. I know it's like tough, but I guess our audience is English, so people have asked me before here, like, are you guys ever going to add French in? And like sometimes we get. I've been in with groups of um, brewers and stuff, and then get too drunk like Simon at Les Public <laughs> you know Simon Simon yeah. Simon, yes yeah. <laughs> I love Simon he's the best but we had Simon and Frank in that and uh, Olivier Frank, from Materia yeah, you notice Frank always touches his chest when he talks oh <laughs> does he Frank, I told you that, that yeah. we should look back at the video yeah. can't remember what episode if you look it was. back at it honestly 70 something always touching his chest Frankie loves it those guys got out of control and they were just sad to go so French at the end. I was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> just because I want people to, I don't want any of the Anglo viewers to, to, to stop it. But the same token, I know that uh, our French speaking viewers do enjoy it because I know a lot of people who are Francophone who watch it and we meet them at the festivals and stuff. And they, I guess it's like, it's they're just happy to see people talk about it and then like it helps people learn the language too. There you go. Which I hope we're providing that service. I know. So yeah, I don't know. I couldn't swing it. Uh, my French is pretty bad. Why don't you could translate? It'd probably be annoying to listen to a whole podcast being translated. I would think so. Right? Yeah. I don't think if you need fun. someone to translate, I'm cheap. <laughs> okay. You know what? that, ladies? I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm cheap. Affordable, I would say. I prefer that. Yes. Like that affordable, reasonable, yeah. reasonable price. I love it. Craig will have my number. You yep. call me. 
All right, we'll put it down up on the screen right now. That's right there. Right yeah. there. For an, afford- for an affordable good time. <laughs> Call Brad. Uh, I love it. Um, this summer, have you guys been doing a lot of like festivals and stuff? Do you get to do that stuff? or is it? Uh... Theoretically, we do about four to five a year. Okay, so, like uh, so we always do the larger ones. Uh, Chambly. We're going to go to Chambly every year, 2014. Uh, Are you the... going this year? Uh, yes. You will be? Uh, personally, no. But Picard will, will be there. there. This year, we did Drummondville. Oh yeah, the one that uh, what's his name, Michael from uh, Lebok Le Le right? Yeah. No, that's no Lebok wasn't it? Or was it the Rel Buck guys did it? Uh, Buck you're right. Buck yeah. because Rel Buck is in um, a different place. It's that's in the east of Quebec. In ah. um, I'm trying to think of the name of that town. Someone told me recently they're really really yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. I haven't had them. If not every year since 2010, we go to uh, 2011. We go to Rapantigny. On the oh, north yes. shore for yes, yes. Uh, the Quebecois Oktoberfest. Okay. We do that. We also do up north in Saint Adèle, oh, just north that? of Montreal. They have a yeah, little yeah. Oktoberfest at the end of September. Nice. And uh, this year we did Laval for the first time as well. How was that? Oh, did you go? Uh, I didn't go, but there's people in the in the bar right now that have gone there. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. I saw a bunch of pictures from people there. It seemed pretty yeah. fun. I feel like you got to be. I like that you guys are picky with it, though, and not just jumping on uh, everyone. Because I feel what like you need to. Uh, what we do, and I'm proud to say, we boycott any festival that is not cash. Because what it's important for your people to know, when it's a festival, it's coupons. Yeah. Okay, that's the worst thing because the organization charges you for your kiosk. Yep. And then they buy back your coupons at a discounted rate. Hmm. You know who else has that? The mafia. <laughs> I guess they kind of do. So that's why we, we openly boycott, uh, and I'll, I'll right. actually tell the people that phone me, that's why we're not going to your place. Because you do the tokens. Well, I mean, to, thank you, to, tokens is the word I was looking for. Why am I going to do that? Right. The day that you don't charge me for my kiosk, then maybe we'll talk. So but I'm not going to give you $3,500 to mm-hmm. go and set up my stand, leave from far away, you have employees to pay, meals to pay, this and that, and then you're going to only give me 50% of what I sold? Go fuck yourself. It's pretty trash. I've heard some stories about certain festivals uh, that do things like that from yeah. brewers about when they get fined if they're like one inch out of their little zone and things like so, that. Um, so no, we, we're, we're against that totally. Hmm. Um, this is the second year there's actually an Oktoberfest in Percy, which is a small town where our pub is. Okay. And that's amazing. It's a small festival, of course, but trust me, if, if you watch this podcast, you want a good idea, go to the Oktoberfest in Percy. Oh, I think uh, either you or Francis told me about that. Probably. We're and actually brewing 21st. the official beer for them this year, a grisette. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think it's 21st, 22nd of September. If I'm not exactly, mistaken. yeah. Yeah, see? Pay attention over here. Um, then, I'm glad you mentioned that about the festival, because we were talking a lot. We, this is, we're recording this just after Fuduni was this weekend just passed. And that was the first one we had been to that was an uh, unlimited pour for a, like a higher upfront fee, ticket price, and you get unlimited pours. And... That was one side of it. The second side of it, I think, that's that would be appealing to you guys is brewery-run festivals seem to be very, very cool. And the, like, because Bellwoods do Witchstock in in uh, Toronto, and now Dunham doing that. There's uh, Bose Oktoberfest as well. So I'm not, and I think they do the same thing. So essentially, and uh, maybe you're aware of it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But say like Dunham, they would have purchased, and I think he did actually tell us that they purchased all of the beer. So any of the breweries that were showcasing at Fruduni did not spend any money to have their beer at the festival. So Dunham purchased it. Dunham 
organizes the this the. Is this is our theory, but I'm I'm fairly sure he did say it to us. I, just, I think I believe that's how it works, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Right, because that's why they get they charge the money. They figure out how much it's all going to cost and to rent everything and blah blah blah, and then they charge the ticket price accordingly, and then they just get all the money. And then usually the brewers came, like you know, twin sales from Vancouver. The brewer was there, and like I met him before, so like clearly they just came out for it. So A lot I think of people they came from all over, from everywhere for it as well. But I don't think they paid to have the beers there. I think it was purchased by the brewery, so therefore, and and there was no. I did enjoy the no tokens to be honest that was our first time doing it and like i was telling you as well before no one got super drunk no one was like behaving crazy well that has to do a lot with the format size as well yes it was like one of those mini glasses and a lot of the times like that would be something like, oh really that's all i got but it was it was enough if you want more you're gonna get more theoretically though the, the type of client that goes to fuduni is the type of person that actually they don't want to get wasted they just want to try good beers. amazing beers yes it, and that's the difference that's why you pay for the high ticket price it was you know, 120 plus tax. It came to about 140, which is quite high. But like you said, like, and like if the, the gentleman from Orval said that we don't have much to envy, well, think about how many festivals in the States would have this level of breweries from representative within Canada, within Quebec, from like BC, and then around the States and Europe. It was crazy. And not just that, because theoretically, even if you go to a local Quebec festival, you're often paying anywhere from three to five dollars for a four or five ounce sample anyway. Yeah. So honestly, you'll still bust $100 easy. Yeah, so it kind of works out about the same. And you have higher quality of beer and not to... Yeah, I mean, the different type of uh, patronage. The type of people, like you said, who are trying to do that. And because you guys make that... did you? Were you guys there? I swear, like, I saw it. Yeah, Pete Carroll yeah. was there. So it's perfect. You guys are a perfect fit for that. You make yeah. those type of beers and stuff. Uh, so. Quebec brewers that were there, uh, there was Pete Carroll, there was Oval. Yep. There was Isle de Galle from Montreal. Yes, Isle de Galle was there. There's Malmstrom. Malmstrom, yes. So Michael. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Le Prospecteur. Yes, I saw that. From Val d'Or. Yes. I'm trying to picture it. Uh, I'm trying Le to... Castor was there? Oh, Castor, yeah. Yeah. What else was there? Well, for years, they've been well known for their you know, aged barrel beers. Yeah, Le Castor was fantastic. Yeah. It was a great representation of, of everything. It was really good. Um, but it's the exact type of festival I can see that you guys were looking for then. And I, I wasn't aware that they give you, that they purchase or that festivals purchase back the tokens at a discounted rate. That's uh, that's why, for example, the, Mons, the Mondial, which is here in Montreal, we don't go there because of that. Uh, anything that's Festibière, the, the largest festibier, one is in okay. Quebec, the Festibière of Quebec City. Okay, I've heard of that. Uh, they do yeah. a Festibière in Laval, they do one in Sherbrooke, uh, they do one in Gatineau. Uh, it's like a, it's kind of like a franchise type thing. Right. Whereas you know anyone who opens up a festival, if they, they wanted to call it Festibière, it's a, it's a franchise type thing, mm. and they all do that. So that's why we it's boycott all of them. Hmm. And I'm glad because Francis, the owner, he he lets me actually tell them, look, you know, if this you go to why. Cash, I'll be there. But as long as you stay with this, we're right. there. So show them these cash because I couldn't, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay, because I guess we just know everybody. I don't remember any spending money. No, it's totally. Is it? They just take money? Do you just go no, around to like... Just because I don't remember. We're always pretty... Like, to be honest, we get pretty drunk at Chambly. It's because... What's well, office? At the media but pass. You get, get the media, yeah, whatever. It's because... I'm sure I saw you guys in 2014. We've been here in 2014. But we weren't media in 2014, though. Yeah, but this is more... I swear I remember you media pass. I don't know if I had a media pass in 2014, we only got him 16 onwards, 16 and 17. Oh, see, I had a visual years. of you. Yeah? I'm sure. Okay. I saw definitely you. I There's not that many uh, people that look like that. I definitely would stand up. <laughs> just, <laughs> a a just, 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 just a little bit. Just a little bit. Need to diversify beer festivals. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Um, but, uh, and like I said, often the person who's going to these festivals doesn't realize it because 
you know they're paying anyway if you spend 40 bucks you spend 100 bucks it comes to the same thing to you you know what i mean yeah so most people don't even know this whole you know coupon thing and i guess it's uh it's just a shame though because i guess at the end of the day the breweries are losing out and it's essentially costing them well gatineau gatineau last year uh quite a few of the larger players uh there was us there was uh, Ciel, mm-hmm. uh, Trois and i forget what the other one was but they they just stopped going because it was tokens Oh, I know and exactly what you're back, talking about. It brought them back to cash this year, right? Yeah. Yes, and they have they have like a they have three different ones because they reached out to us one time. They remember the Gatineau one. They have like two, and they have like an Ottawa one and a Gatineau one in exactly. Montreal. No, yeah. not in Montreal, somewhere far. Uh, up in the Rwanda. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Up okay. in the Abbey region, where right. there's a very good craft brewery called the Trèfle Noir. Oh yeah, I know them. Nice. Yeah, they make some actually. So you sampled one of their beers not long ago. I did. I spot. I know the brewer for some reason. That's who I speak to, yeah. It's about my size, uh, no hair. Oh, as in I'm Facebook no. I'm trying to I'm trying to meet more and more uh, more of the Quebec folks. I'm enjoying that a lot actually. I'm like all the Quebec all, all the this the well, I mean the beer scene everywhere is always super cool, but I wasn't sure being like the Anglo immigrant dude that people would be so but everyone is just like so cool, so welcoming here. It's uh it's all it's just fantastic. Canada. Canada. Great peeps. I love it. Um, I actually met a guy on the bus yesterday, uh I knew he was from India, but he told me, hey, I'm from India. Uh, and we got to talking. He's here at Concordia. And that's what we were saying, you know. I was mentioning how I like to travel and things. That's what I said. It's important to travel to realize how lucky we are to live here. Yeah. And that's what we were saying, how amazing Canada is. It's People a- can say what they want. It's the best damn country in the world. Look, I, I agree for sure. After living, uh, I guess, between Toronto here and, uh, and Australia and going back, I just, I just prefer... No, there's something about Canada that's sort of special. There's about the way that, that things are sort of, the way people behave and stuff. Like, yeah. the, we have so much, uh, yeah, I guess even just small things like the safety and stuff here. Like this, like, this is like the least scary city in the world. Montreal is so chill. Whereas even in Toronto, there's shootings all the time now. It's unfortunate. It's getting pretty bad. It's getting pretty bad right there. Of course, I've never worried. been, unfortunately. I've never been past, you been to Ottawa. Toronto? I've never been past Ottawa. Oh, good I, Lord. I lived in Ottawa. For, I lived in Gatineau, actually, for three years. But that's the whole thing. Uh, Toronto, from what I hear, is getting pretty... Actually, Ottawa is even... There's going to be a shitload of shootings in Ottawa as well. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. Gun violence is up like 60%. Fuck. Yeah, yeah that's bad. Um, you definitely... Toronto is still a sick city. It's just getting a little bit more uh, dangerous these days. But you would really enjoy it. That'd be like a... Because it's a different world, man. Like, it's a total... The, the approach and the, the mentality behind beer is very different. Uh, the two breweries I know from Ontario, there's Great Lakes Brewery. Yeah, they're great. I know they make really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flying Monkey is there as well. They're in uh, Barrie. They're about an hour north. Okay. Yep. Um, Bellwoods is probably one of the best in Canada. I've heard of them. I've never tried them. These, the Bellwoods? only reason okay. I met these people is because uh, when I went in 20... Once again, it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, when I went to the craft, the Canadian CBC? Beers. The, no, not even. Oh, the CBAs. Started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where was that? That was in the year I went was Frederick to New Brunswick. Okay. Set close by. Yeah, 2014. And you met a bunch of them out there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I, then I went to CBC the next year. Oh, so And I, I resaw the same people. Yeah, it's usually what it is, right? Did you go to the one in uh, Halifax this year? No, 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 no. We go. Uh, we haven't won anything in two, <clears throat> three years, and I'm the one that you know registers for these things. So I'm always a little disappointed we don't win. Right. But that's just a sign. That there's so many amazing you know, craft brews coming out every year. That yeah. You have to stay keep, top of your keep game. Your game up. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely good. I, I always think it's cool, like you said, to travel a lot, particularly for for brewers. It's sort of hard because you guys are in such a so like far on that side. 
but I find that a lot of brewers that I get to meet, whether they're particularly the smaller ones, that are a bit, you guys are different, it's 11 years, but like the, uh, the upstarts that are uh, owner-operator, and for them to sort of, um, you know, stop looking down at their business and just to look out for a sec, like, all right, because they're just working, working, working every day. It's really hard to just like, all right, someone take care of this, I'm going to go do research and, exactly. you know, go to that festival somewhere else. And, like, we had actually a friend who uh, runs a brewery called Town Brewery in, um, in the suburbs of Toronto. Okay. So we interviewed him, became friends with him. I was like, yo, man, you need to come to Furuni. So him and his wife came down, they camped and everything, and he lost his mind. Like, it was great for him because he's in the Toronto scene. This area is called Whitby. So it's like there's a bunch of breweries out there now, which is weird because it's literally just a suburb of Toronto. There's four great breweries there. So it's like they're doing some really interesting stuff. And for him to just go and see it all, like, it, it was perfect. And it was, but he was, it hadn't been able to okay. for maybe like a year. And it was the first opportunity he had. And just to see him here, we hung out with him all day just to see how much fun he was having and like fascinated with all the different stuff. I think that's really important. Toronto, uh, from what I've heard, they have something amazing every year. It's called the Cask Days. Cask Days, October. Yeah, apparently that's amazing. I never. I went to the. We went to the. Just wasn't with me. I went to the original one in like 2011 when it was a space as big as just this, this small part here, and they had like 20 kegs, and now it's a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kegs uh, everywhere. So it's sort of grown and grown. Not kegs, casks. I'm sorry. Yeah, at the Evergreen Brickworks. I heard it's, uh, my co-host Scott goes every year, he loves it. I don't know, I thought about going this year maybe, but it sounds pretty cool. I heard it's a lot yeah. of fun. And they have like some, like I saw the list of the lineup of breweries and it was crazy. Like food and eat like You see how funny it is? There's this car stop there, guys, just, he's got his finger, you know, almost knuckles deep in his nose. You see that there right now? If we could get the camera out there, we're actually seeing this guy. And no, his, we're not doing that. His finger has been up there. Do you see this? Oh, and he's, look, he's oh, looking at it. Oh, he's looking at it. Is he going to eat it? Is just, he going to eat it? Oh, he sneezed. Oh, he does a double sneeze. I think he still has it on his finger, though. Yeah, I think so. I think he just realized, too, we're looking at him. Yeah, did did he look over? Yeah, he looked over. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, well. That was the episode name. Don't put your finger in your nose. Digging for gold. Yeah. Call that. Do you want to write that on down? We always have ridiculous episode names. Are you comfortable with digging for gold? You like that idea so far? I like it. I like it. Okay, we're going to gold. I'm cheap and affordable. What was it? Oh, um, I'm, not, I'm not cheap. I'm affordable. <laughs> sure, that's a good one. Call for a good time. Yeah, call Brad for a good time. Call Brad for a good time. Okay, yeah. perfect. I usually yeah, decide once we get this back. That and like, digging for gold. Actually, they go. Uh, they could go either. Yeah. Okay. I always usually like keep the note when, when once I get the file back from my brother and I'm uploading it and writing all the stuff in. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. Okay, we have some options. I love it. Um, <laughs> that was a good pick, actually. Get it? Good pick. Yeah, hey. Um, right before, what are we at? Oh, we're in an hour. Not bad. I think it's about time for the lightning round, but we should get something fresh for that. What would you like to do next? Uh, it's totally up to you. If I look at what's on tap here, uh, we have a farmhouse ale. Okay. With uh, wild yeast. Nice. With bread. And obviously, it's been aged in. Uh, of course, well, of course, uh, it's going to be aged in barrels. Good well, care of Come on, man. Uh, if not, if not, if not, if not, we have the Caribou Sewer 3, got Caribou 4. Uh, is this going to be the last beer of the show? We can, No, we can definitely do a couple more. Because... We can, shoot for, we can do whatever you want, man. Keep this running. I have an idea of what we can finish with. Ooh. Yeah. So let's... This is the eat, second last beer, Paul. Second last, yeah. But usually, like, this lightning round doesn't very go very lightning. Okay. We'll take our time. All right. Mmm. It's amazing, mm. yeah. It's a lollipop. Yeah. So good. 
You should have. You messed up. There's no more. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so whichever one, whichever one you take your pick, whether it's the sour or the, the other thing. Uh, actually, if you'd like, we could maybe do like a half glass of each and try Caribou Sour 3, then Caribou Sour 4. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's compare the two different ones. Love it. Cool. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. That'd be perfect. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I'll keep them entertained. Hi, guys. How are you going? Are you going well? I hope so. So Brad's funny. He's a good bloke. Um, yeah, guys. <laughs> Let me know if... Uh, what you'd like us to do in these, these these little breaks. Are you cool with me just talking shit for a little bit? I don't mind doing it. I don't really have anything specific to talk about right this very moment. Um, but, you know, we're going to keep you all company. So... Yeah, I remember there was one thing he was talking about here. There's the IPA, um, the American IPA, and it was the first trade I ever did. There's a dude uh, who I traded with out west, and um, the first two beers I traded were the Le Castor Yakima IPA or Yakima IPA, and this Pit Caribou American IPA, which I remember because they were both 600, 650 mil bottles and stuff, so they were big guys, um, but they were both like, at the time, it would have been 2013 or 14. Um, hadn't been very experienced in trades. It actually threw me off trading forever because I swear it cost me 40 bucks to send two bottles to Alberta. And I was like, fuck that, I'm not trading again. But those two beers, and I actually came up, it was like, whatever, a few years ago, this week just passed, or a few days ago, whatever, um, that I drank that one. So it's really good to see that one still around. It's like one of those old school West Coast, like you said, you know, peel your tongue off bitter IPAs which is super dope so I'm kind of curious to see what that one's going to taste like after all this time because you know as you guys know we've got that haze life uh, I haven't had that many particularly real bitter West Coast IPAs so I'd, I'm kind of be curious to see how I would feel about that whether I like them or whether that um, like whether they're even that bitter anymore I don't know maybe like there's something you get used to it like there's like a bitterness like um, what do you call it like tolerance, maybe, from that. Oh, Tiff got some lollipop. Oh, no, this is three. No. No, this is three and four. Oh, wow. They're different. Oh, nice. All right. So, you see. Merci. You see, you know some French. What's the soup? There you go. You see? That's my favorite one. So, what is it? What is these ones called? This is the... Um... This is the Caribou Sur three and four. Sur, with the little thing over it. Number three and number four. Okay, and what is which one? Which one's which? Oh yeah, you can tell. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I'm not saying anything. No. No. Make sure it wasn't accidentally a lollipop. Yeah, no, I want to make sure I tell you which is the three, okay. which is the four. But well, one said it had peaches or something, right? Exactly. So if you smell, you can actually tell it. Oh, Pinot Noir, peach. And the cherry and the other one was pineapple mango pineapple Nelson mango. Sauvain. So that's yeah. totally pineapple mango. So it's number four. Yeah. Where the pinot barrels will give it a color, right? Because ironically, oh, wow. somebody sent you a picture. I saw it on your Facebook a couple of days ago, and it was this color, and it was the number three. Oh, yeah? And you even said, yeah, I have a podcast with Pit Caribou. And, yeah. Oh, and they said it, was, said it was really good? Yeah. Nice. So see, this is the number three. Which is this? Like I was saying earlier, is a new series of our beers called Caribou Sur, meaning sour right. caribou. Okay. Uh, we've already done the one, the two. This is the three, and then the, and four. the four. The five is coming out very shortly. Nice. What so was the? Uh, I think we should start out with the three. Number three, as it yes. says here, it's 
It's always an assemblage. Assemblage meaning you're mixing beers together. Exactly, a blend. Thank you. What's up? So, uh, the description is a sour ale, a hoppy sour ale and Berliner Weiss aged 18 months. Damn. In Pinot Noir barrels. Hence with the color. Peaches, exactly. Oh, peaches. With peaches, Camrys, which is like a small little sour fruit. And like I was mentioning earlier, Houblon Surané sour hops. Oh. Yeah, and the hops used when you're doing a cold, uh, cold hop, dry hop, cold dry hop, is Galaxy Mosaic and Amarillo. Wow. So, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, man. What a blend. God, that's nice. Mmm. That's special. Jesus Christ. That's soft, super fruity, a little bit tannic from the wine. The peach shines. I love peach and beer, and the peach, that soft fruit really shines through. Just a little aftertaste. That's where yeah. you see peach, eh? Oh my gosh. Glass of soda. Oh, that's my favorite. That's so good. You know the drill. I had the light. I even like you. Like you. Right? <laughs> Thank you for indulging me in my uh, ridiculousness. Um, this one is crazy. What was one and two? Do you remember what they had in it? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, no. No? That's However, fair enough. However, if you're interested, I can go and check on the website really fast. We can do that. Because yeah. um, this is really cool. I really like BS series. Um, I think it's super, super cool. Um, like uh, Pinot Noir Barrows. Yeah, I really like it when they, uh, you know, when there's something, because people, it's like, it's almost like just a collection. You're like, oh, I need to have the next one. Like if you have the first one, you're like you want to follow one. It's like it keeps people going, and I like this like slight variance on. And the whole point of these beers, it's they're it's all sour IPAs, so very hoppy beers, but mm. the sourness is very present. I can definitely get the Galaxy too. Like I like the 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 dry hop is there, but it's not crazy. It's like just nice and balanced. See, if I go here, oof. See, number one, number one here, uh, it was Argousier, which once again is a very sour little Quebec fruit, and Erel, which is the same thing. All sour fruits that grow in the in, in the wild. Is that the sea buckthorn by any chance? There's little uh, yellow-orange berries, Argousier. I'm not sure what the hell you call that in English. We have to Google that. We can Google that, bitch. And then number two, it was... Uh, mm. They don't mention it that we it was a goes actually it was goes IPA the second one. It goes okay. Yeah, goes IPA. So they're all IPAs essentially. Yeah, it's, yeah, essentially. it's, it's all sour IPA. It's like this was the uh, this is what your buddy I saw put on your Facebook this bottle oh, here. Oh, the third one. Oh, yeah. this one we're gonna. This is what we're drinking right nice. now. The third one. And you then you got the fourth one here. Nice. Okay, so you bottled all of them. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, these are all bottled. They're pretty easy. They're all around for people to to access unless I guess it's the, the uh, small batch, right? Yeah, small batch, and and by the time the podcast comes out, we'll pretty much be gone. Probably gone. Yeah. Wow, you missed out, guys. Tough shit. Yeah. So then, Uncle Brad, if I may call you that, my brother's name is Brad. He must be a good, smart, good-looking guy. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him you said that. Actually, he'll probably hear this. Brad, you're smart and good-looking. Are you inexpensive? <laughs> Affordable, not inexpensive. That's true. I feel like inexpensive is still cheap. It's in that, the still brand. sounds cheap. So it sounds a little less cheap, but it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. So affordable or approachable. Approachable? I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's like it's like still fire. Like it's like approachable beers, meaning that it's like it's really well done, but it's not going to scare off the uh, definitely the consumer. That's what we're all about. I here. like your ideas. Don't forget, <laughs> I compared to you to the sausage pit. 
Can you tell us who the sausage, sausage pimp? The sausage pimp. He's a, a well-known character in Quebec. Uh, he's on his fourth season. He's got a TV show where he goes around the different regions, trying beers, trying like uh, local products like smoked salmon. We'll actually visit like I just uh, I just did the show with him last week actually from our region. He came to Gaspésie. He came to Gaspésie. We went to a distillery to try local gin. We went to a smokehouse to show how they make the smoked salmon, how we smoke the salmon. We tried some products and matching with beers. And um, basically, he, in the Marché Jean Talon here in Montreal, owns a store called Ils en fument du bon, which means they smoke some good shit. And uh, he calls himself the Sausage Pimp. Now, oh, no, don't forget, guys. I just met you today yes. in person. But just looking at your Facebook and things, you're like the Beer Pimp. Ooh. He's like the Sausage Pimp. Episode name, the Beer Pimp? Okay. And I spoke to the Sausage Pimp about you. Yeah? And now I'm speaking to Is you about the Sausage Pimp. Wow. I, do you think there could be like there could be something there? Where's he based? Here? He's based on Montreal, Marché Jean Talon. Okay. Maybe we need to talk to this sausage. His name pimp. is uh, Philippe Saint Laurent. Okay. We got to talk to Sausage Pimp. He's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only type of motherfuckers we fuck with. Yeah. Because if you're not crazy, what's the point, right? There you what go. What is the point? I got a brief question. I just saw sorry, a notification on my phone which reminded me. I have a. Are you familiar with Noah Forrest from Beerism? It's, he's a, uh, a beer writer in Montreal and Beerism.ca. No. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you know, although my, my first language is English, I, I'm more into like the French stuff. Like, for example, the guy I introduced you to earlier when you came in. Yes. Martin Levesque. I've heard of him, for well, sure. He, he writes books like, and stuff, exactly. right? Like the book guy? Yep. Exactly. And who's well, that's the, the guy that uh, with the beard that you were here when he came in. And who's, there's another guy. I think his name's Philippe Coutard or something. The big guy. Yeah, Philip Wooters. Okay. I call him, I've met him. I call him the yes. big Belgian. Okay. So I'm trying to be familiar, like, because I the, like the crossover between us and them is so minimal. But I'm just trying to get familiar because a lot of the times it does come up in conversation. I feel like I should be aware of, uh, of course. who's killing the game in Quebec. In, in the You're the beer pimp. It's my job, right? Yeah. So, uh, Noah is a friend and he's an anglophone beer writer. So, he, uh, we, we have a bunch of other YouTubers and stuff. And we have a daily joke argument about lactose in beer. Okay. So, answer very carefully because this is very serious. So, so, what you're telling me is you have a lot of beer geeks. Yeah, don't follow me. your show. It's pretty much all beer geeks. Uh, mostly, not always. No, we're actually, funnily enough, that that's that's a private like group chat. But the people who our audience are, are a bit of a mix. We have the beer geeks, we have like the industry people, like brewers and sales reps and owners and all that stuff. But I feel like we uh, we talk to the uh, the newer beer drinker. Because what I, what always makes me laugh about beer geeks are they love the beer, yes, but they almost just want to find something wrong with it. Sometimes, oh, yeah. this doesn't respect the style, or I listened to this guy's interview, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Go fuck yourself. If you're a true beer lover, drink the beer and shut the fuck up. I'm with that. And Yeah. And you know what? That's not who we talk to. We don't talk to those people. Those people don't really tend to follow us because we're too normal for them. Like, they would want somebody who's, like, a bit more pretentious and, like, takes a shit more serious, right? No. So, you're not offending anyone because none of those and guys are the other thing that you can't... What's important to say on... on I was going to say online, but on, on video, is that what you can't forget is most Quebec craft breweries, and I would say American or Canadian craft breweries, we interpret a style. Styles of beer are to be interpreted. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be this color. It's supposed to taste like this. Fine. Take the main style and modify it. Put your own grain of salt in that it. beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For example, I was mentioning lollipop earlier. It's supposed to be white, for Christ's sake. Berliner Weiss. Berliner, yeah. No, what the fuck? Is it white? Not even it's close. It's pink. But is it amazing? It's incredible. It's great pink. 
It's a great, it's a great <laughs> pink. I would wear that pink. You could almost call it. It's like a dark salmon. There you go. Like a real, like how, how it I should I like look. salmon. I'm going for sushi tonight for supper, see? <laughs> What's a good sushi plot? Do you know good sushi spots? Look at the size of me. I'm 250 pounds. I like to go to all you can eat sushi places. I'm What's your favorite to... here? Because we need I, need, I need the hookup. I'm going tonight to Takumi Sushi on Sherbrooke Street. It's a bring your own booze. When it says BYOB, I'm like, Pff. the wow. second the second B is for Brad. Bring your own Brad. Well, <laughs> He's I'm like, gonna... well, trust me. I'm going to be there tonight eating the ocean out. <laughs> we have to do that then. So then the, the key question, lactose and beer. Are you lactose team lactose beer, or team no lactose? Uh, well, obviously the people, I would say the breweries that do use that, it's in an attempt to get the sourness into the beer. Um, lactose is usually for the sweetness and like a thickening type of thing. Yeah, but it also, you if you're looking lactic sour? acid. No, no, lactose, lactose sugar, sorry. Oh shit, no, no, lactic no, acid. So, no, sorry. I'm against that, Christ, no, okay, sorry. <laughs> no. I, I thought you were talking about the whole lactic no, acid. No, not like the acid. So lactose meaning like for milkshake IPAs and stuff like that. Oh, uh, we've never done that. No, I guess I can't see you guys doing that. We're more <laughs> oak barrel and all crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm disappointed, but I understand. Yeah, you're a milkshake IPA fan? Fuck yes. I'm very North American style type of like... Uh, there are a few... I'm trying to think ones. of who... Uh, in Montreal, if you make some very good milkshake IPAs, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Buck Ale out of Drummondville makes a very They had nice a good one. one. Uh, New Wave from Jukebox, pretty good. Jukebox is the first one I think that made what you call oh, and IV. the best. Yes, they did in Quebec. Yes, and the best in Quebec by far is Bar Canada. Bar Canada. Lost They're out of Gatineau, if I'm not mistaken. They are out of Gatineau. They're relatively new, about two years. Yep. They make this funky can. Uh, yeah, they kind of cool. Oh, the Crowlers. Yeah. Yep. And um, I met the gentleman Marc Andre on uh, at Fudrini. They're like honestly, all their shit is crazy. They're like pilsner is crazy. They're IP, the hazy. I like I like that type, the hazy stuff. And I know. I actually was looking at, at your conversation on Facebook, something about haze. Yes. And there was like, no, haze is overrated. And you called them out on that. Oh yeah, no, you I pretty much bitch slapped him. That's uh, <laughs> what I do. And like people can like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's it's incredibly subjective. Someone was trying to say that you can't taste the difference between I forgot who it was actually between haze and uh, and not haze if you. It's well, because day. it depends where the haze comes from. Like I was saying earlier, it went, great point. The whole rouse the yeast. If you're rousing the yeast and it makes a difference, it's because you're taking the sediments from the bottom. Trust me, sediment has taste. Yes, it does. You know, and there's other elements as well that like fluctuate in the in the in the beer and give how, it that if the look. Beer, if the beer is filtered, how long it's filtered? Yeah, uh, there's a shitload. Of different so there's different things. But I've had brewers or people try and say that like there is a different. There is no difference between uh, if you have the, a hazy beer and a non one, and, and oh, it's the false. same thing. That's and definitely that's, false. It's completely trash. Like there is a taste difference because I've seen brewers try to make a New England IPA that isn't hazy and it's nowhere near as good. Because theoretically, that's one of the things that are. respect the, the style. That's it. And it's, it's actually to be, yeah. Brewers Association of America now put that down. So it's supposed to be hazy. And stuff, well, like so. I was saying earlier, I'm in charge of selecting what international uh, contests we send beer to. Mm-hmm. And it's getting more and more every year. Like, like spe- specialized. Yeah, like we send to the World Beer Cup, the World Beer Awards, nice. uh, the Brussels Beer Challenge, uh, obviously the Canadian Brewing Awards. Yep. And every year I can actually see the difference of how it's getting more concise and really you have to respect a certain type and what's new this year is you actually receive, even if you don't win anything, you actually receive the judges' notes. Oh, good. Yeah, and that's fun because it really helps. To, uh, they thought this it's blind, right? Yeah. That's actually really cool. Two different festivals. We sent out our Creek Porter, which is uh, it's like the third year we do it. 
And if you look at the... Oh, that is amazing. It that is. has been always been my favorite kit, Pink Caribbean beer. Uh, so it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. The cherries come out. It's, it's so good. And we didn't win anything, which is funny, because I, I read over the judges' comments, and we got to, like, the last round. And I thought to myself, Christ, whatever won must have been amazing, because all the judges are saying it's pretty much the best damn beer they've tasted in their life. So mm -hmm. why didn't we win? I'm not sure. Was it another fruited porter that was that? Well, the that's that's another just... thing though. You have to be very careful. Like I often put it in the category of barrel aged sour, because theoretically that's it's what a it sour is. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you have fruit barrel aged, you've, it's like I was. That's yeah, the whole it's a point. Thing. It's, well, it's it's getting very touchy there. The whole you know, yeah. contest and the categories. And... I know some brewers are just like, uh, it's all like too much to deal with a lot of people don't give of, a shit uh, if yeah. you look at like we're saying Ben from Oval he just doesn't give a shit so yeah. I mean he's in that sort of rare realm where they, they're just so like worshipped and stuff they don't have to do anything type of thing so I mean I get it but I think that, I think it's cool like if I had a brewery I would enter my stuff in it's kind of fun I like the Oval at the point where we are now he'd take a dump and uh, <laughs> in a, in a put it online and I think people would actually purchase it yeah and there'd be a line out the door for it yeah it's crazy. Right? So now you know I team no lactose, so I don't have to convert you. I mean, I have to just send you a whole bunch of milkshake. Like, all right, bro, here's this. Like, get on, get it on. You, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think, I don't think I've man. ever, maybe once, tasted a milkshake IPA. Okay, so that's why you The name no kind of turns me off. I'm not going to lie to you. The idea sounds terrible, and people fuck it up badly. But when it's done right, good Lord, it's done right. It's a great Didn't, uh, no, I was going to say Vashford, but no, it's not the same no, thing. No, they, they have milk stouts. Yeah, milk exactly. Stouts. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, uh, well, yeah, but honestly, if you, like Bar Canada is the one. If you can, within Quebec, like Lost Tabernacles is called, it's just incredible. You realize you got down that because we're on the number four. Oh, we're now. on the number four. Okay. See? Who's making Craig down it? <laughs> this, guy. <laughs> this guy. Oh, this guy. I feel like. I really hope uh, I'm the first guy that's like, hey, drink that beer. Of the history of Craig Thorne. Mm. Mm. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, No one ever tells me to drink beer. After I gave him great head, I told him, <laughs> put that in your mouth. <laughs> it's only fair, you gotta, re gotta reciprocate. <laughs> Get in you. Oh, this is the pineapple. I feel like the pineapple you can is subtle smell. there. You can smell that, right? Yeah. Well, especially it's been poured, it's like maybe 10 minutes that I poured these beers. So it's like a bit more aromatic than uh, exactly. fresh cold. And you can actually smell the... The pineapple. Mm. Good lord, that's fantastic. So this one now, like we said, oh, it's like it's almost candy again. I feel like I'm getting ginger out of it, or maybe it's the. I'm not gonna lie to you, the aftertaste is it's ginger, isn't ginger, it? But there's no ginger in it though. Ginger's gone. But I love ginger. But that's the whole thing that's fun about craft beer. It's, and that's why I do a lot color, of right? I do a lot of food pairings in stores, and that's what I want. I want people to realize, like for example, we're getting the ginger taste. There's no fucking ginger in this, but no. you can actually get the client to go, and you can get his taste buds. You're going and you're getting his taste buds, and you're <laughs> stimulating those taste buds to a it's point. Working them. It's working them. Jesus, you know. It's, <laughs> You know the drill. Oh, drop oh, that there. That's okay. There's plenty more. Legend. All right. So whilst I do write down a few notes, the first question of the lightning round: What is your guilty pleasure beer? A beer that you would be embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd that you uh, enjoy. If I'm really stuck and I'm really thirsty, uh, that really terrible cheap beer, but it has to be ice cold. It's called. I think they even sell craft dinner with it for Christ's sake. You buy it and they give you a bottle, a box of craft dinner there. 
um, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh. Trust me, I would never drink this at home, but if I'm really, really stuck, Pabst Blue Ribbon, you can get a six pack for like six ninety nine for Christ's sake. It has to be ice cold. Pabst Blue I, Ribbon. I don't know about that one. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, this question. Beer you would decline under any circumstances. Coors Light. Why? I literally, if I go to someone's house and they offer me a Coors Light, like, it maybe. makes me seem like a jackass, but I say no thank you. Okay. Fair enough. Coors Light, yeah, I'd be like, do you have any water? I'm with that with the PBS. If somebody were to offer me a Bud Light, it actually take, I actually find Bud Light as a bit of a taste to it. Hmm. But Coors Light, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's, like you see, for example, they cut the water main off in the street there. But if you were to oh, take, whatever, if you were to take okay. whatever water is in that funny pipe over there, it probably right. tastes better than Gore's Light. Facts. Facts. You're not lying. Favorite beer style? Favorite beer style. I'm really into the sours, uh, although I enjoy anything aged barrel that has a nice like whiskey taste to it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's way too vast. So uh, no, I love a, a good goes. A goes up? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're phenomenal. And least favorite. So it doesn't mean you hate it. Just your... I mean, you could hate it, but like your least favorite. Uh, English-style beers, like a bitter, uh, you know, it's where the hoppiness... And like, I do a lot of what I call beer education. Okay. Uh, like, for example, our goes... It's, a, it's, it's written goes IPA. So often people say, oh, no, I don't like IPA. It's too, too bitter. So I, I explain to these people, no, no. IPA just means there's a shitload of hops in this beer. So it's important to explain to people... But for, and I, I always compare to English IPAs. There's no bitterness there. No. So the English style of beer, uh, I mean, Chris, I'm, I'm Irish and Scottish and part English, but I have nothing against those countries. But their types of beers, just they don't have the punch that I'm looking for. I'm with you on that. I respect the tradition because that's where it all came from. Exactly, exactly. And everything that we're all doing in North America is a, is a flip from that. But yes, yeah, I feel like it'd be cool over there. I was listening to a podcast with Pete Brown. Have you heard of him? No, it would be fun. It's a beer item. But I was in Ireland last year, and I mean... And oh, they nice. Were, and, and I, try some yeah, cool stuff. and I told them, I'm like, yeah, I'm from Quebec and Canada, you know? And they're like, oh, you're going to see, wow, this is amazing. I visited a few craft brewers, and they're like, wow, you're going to see, this is so bitter. This is hardcore stuff. And as I took the sip, I almost you know, started laughing. <laughs> like, like, guys. Are, are, you, are you kidding me? You know? But they're proud of it, and I mean, for, for them, it's... It's a... Yeah. Get it. That's fair. Oh, I agree. What would be your desert island beer? So you're stuck on a desert island. They won't rescue you, but they'll give you a beer forever. Prov- uh, um, served in exactly how it needs to be served. Is it an island where it's like 30 degrees every day? Someone asked that once before, actually. Well, it's because like, that's going to change That's going to change what I respond. Well, it's not. I'm going to say yes, because that's what I'm picturing when I lollipop. say desert island. Lollipop all the way. All day. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Not flavor. But if you told Light. me it's like uh, 10 degrees and there's snow on my desert island, I would say no. But if it's like a 30 degree where I can be like just, you know, buck, buck naked on an island, letting it hang out. And Smashing just... lollipop, bathing in lollipop. Yeah. All right. I, I like that. I like the bath in it. What would be your beer trend predictions? What do you think is going to happen next? Uh, more and more, obviously, like I was mentioning earlier, I think we're always following the American trends. So mm-hmm. we're really into sour, barrel aged. Uh, I think more and more spontaneous fermentation. Yeah. That, like I said, Trailway is getting into it. If Trail's getting into it, we're going to see some crazy spontaneous fermentation there. And we've got some stuff coming up too there. So, spontaneous fermentation and sours. Okay. That's sick. Um, favorite up-and-coming brewery? So, maybe 
some newer ones that maybe have just opened and you think you're going to do some good stuff. Maybe you know some friends who are opening one. Uh, I would say in Quebec, it's maybe been three years. Uh, Prospectar up in Val d'Or apparently cool. is amazing. Uh, if not, I'm trying to think of something else that would be relatively new and good. Mm. Like I said, the everyone talks about Oval all the time. They've been open for about two years. Only two years? Yeah. And they have a uh, 2015, that. sorry, three years. Still, that's a very short amount of time for to have that level of... Uh... However, if you say up and coming, I would say definitely Pit Caribou. But um, the owner of Pit Caribou is about to open up. Oh, yes, yeah. I forgot to ask about that. It's going to be called Brett and Sauvage. Okay. Uh, it's all wild ales. Yeah, only all oak barrel aged, mm -hmm. only wild beers. That's where the sauvage comes from, mm -hmm. exactly, and the bread for the obviously the wild yeast. So uh, I think uh, I would say beer fans out there, next two three years, you look out for bread and sauvage. Okay, has um, anything been released from that yet, or not yet? No, 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 no. The building no. hasn't been built or anything yet. Though. Oh, okay. So it's really early days. Okay. He's actually ordered a cool ship. The nice. cool ship we have, Pit Caribou, right now is like in aluminum, or I would imagine. Anyway. But the cool ship he ordered is in copper. Old school, going Belgian style yeah. and stuff, man. Yeah. Getting fancy. Yeah. Does that make a difference? I would imagine so. Really? That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, great answer. And I actually meant to ask about that as well. So that's very, awesome. very cool. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Where do you like to go for beer? Uh, actually, Quebec. We have some amazing stuff. However, what I would say is I had the chance to go to Portland, Oregon. Oh, I hear about that. I was there in 2015 for the CBC, and uh, it's amazing. You've got some crazy shit there. Yeah. Yeah. If not Belgium. Belgium's yeah, amazing too. I mean, yeah. like I said, Boone, uh, things like that. Yeah, Dion or whatever. Have you yeah. been? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hear crazy things as well. Yeah. After Fuduni, I'm kind of a bit more convinced because I've always thought, yeah, it's cool, but I've always been very North so, American centric. I need to do that. Well, North American, like you were saying earlier, it's, I say we're behind the American tendencies, but really, we're always interpreting and going with North American styles. Uh, or the Belgian or whatever, Belgian or European uh, Sorry, styles. sorry, that's what I meant to say. European in general, because if you exactly want to say European. we're doing our own version of pills and there's all the German and exactly, Czech styles exactly. and British and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's like, I feel like it's like your duty as a beer to uh, discover that stuff. First. Exactly. I really want to do that. Okay. Um, underrated style brewery city or country so just something that's underrated hmm, that's a really no. good question it's a tough one maybe something that doesn't get its props maybe you think it's really good and it's just not popular now I would almost well another popular I was going to say Trois Mousquetaires here in Brassard which is on the south shore yes uh, they make some amazing beers they do uh, if ever you have a chance to try Sucini Bonne Goose that's okay. amazing they actually have a goose yeah Okay. But they call it, they call it theoretically, if you translate, this isn't a Gers. Because mm. Gers is a controlled name. Yeah, it has to be made in Belgium or something, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like I champagne it. has yeah. to be made in Champagne. Cheese truck. Um, and he wasn't, he wasn't knuckle deep, that guy. No, no. Um, he was, he was uh, just doing his job. He already, he already did that. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a good one. Uh, best beer you ever drank in your life? It's uh, tough. Yeah, it is tough. Often it's situational, so it's not necessarily about the beer itself. Always, sometimes, a lot of people give cool examples of like. Mm -hmm. I would go back to Cine Pungers by the Three Musketeers, mm -hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, I think I have a photo of me last December 
I was down in Mexico on vacation with my fiance and I had seen the owner just before and he gave me a, a bottle and he said, here, try this while you're down there because the beer down there is shit. Yes. <laughs> What's getting better out here? My friend brought well, some Well, when you're in these all-inclusive places, you're... Oh, you're, no, you're, it's no. current. Yeah. I'll tell you that in three seconds if that's yeah. what we were drinking. Nice. Cecilia Bungers, exactly. Nice. So as you can see, this that's amazing background... You know, we're in fucking Mexico, in, on the west coast of Mexico, in a town called Puerto Vallarta. I know, Puerto Vallarta. Uh, Puerto, Puerto Vallarta. Si. So we're there, me and my fiance, and you know, we're making, we're cooling the beer. Cooling it down. And then we had this amazing sunset. It was, it was magical. That's fantastic. So, I'm not going to lie to you, I was going to say lollipop, but as soon as you told me, it's often has to do with where you are when you're drinking it, it made me think of this. That's perfect. That's a great example. Yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. Makes me want to drink, go there right now, actually. Uh, favorite beer of all time? So what is something maybe you have a bit of a soft spot for? I would go with Lollipop. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Fuck all that. time. Oh, yeah. Is that serious? That's I love pretty, that I mean, shit, it's man. an amazing beer. I can drink it by the gallon. Yeah? I love it. Do you always have it in the fridge at home? Um, I have a certain amount of bottles. And, like, if I have friends that come over... Okay, everyone knows I work at Big Caribou, so obviously, you know, they're happy they come over. You know, I'm not taking a Coors Light to the fridge and saying, hey, you want a beer? I'm taking out some, some, some really good stuff. And Lollipop, I won't, I won't offer to just anyone. <laughs> you got to know that they are. I have a certain, you know, I have the classical beers, then I have certain specialty beers. Then I have another level of even more specialty beers. Like that, the cellar stuff. The cellar stuff. I have a little cold room in my basement. So, it has to be a special person. And then I have that extra level of like... Oh, yeah? Yeah. And when do you bust out the extra, extra special shit? Often when I'm really drunk. <laughs> All right, we need an 11% barley wine right now. Yeah. The problem with that often is there's a certain level. You can be to the point where you're just too drunk. There's no point. You're actually wasting the beer because you can't appreciate it. Yeah. But often I'm before that point. Don't worry. I don't get to that point. Okay, good, good, good. Then you know. Often at that point, I take out like a double IP, 8%. That fuck, it's like a sledgehammer in the face. Thing. Yeah, he's like... It just knocks the shit out of me. Bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day you wake up and you're like, shit, I shouldn't open that double IPA. <sighs> Happens to the best of us, don't worry. We've all been there. All there's, regularly. There's a funny expression that the owner of this place uses, and he calls it ma bière de trop, which means my, my like, too much beer, you know what I mean? <laughs> ma bière de trop. <laughs> ma bière de trop, you know when you're on yeah, a... Yeah, yeah, you're, you're too a, much. You're, on a, a, you know, you're getting wasted, yeah. and you don't really need that extra beer. You're, no. you're really wasted, you don't need that damn beer. You just stop there. But you still open it and drink it. You know what I mean? Go in. Yeah. La bière de trop. I like that. See, yeah. Learning today. It's a big part of my life. That's a good, uh, go. a, that's a good name for that. That could episode. be a quote. Francis Jean-Claude. La bière de trop. La bière du, du La bière de trop. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See? We studied French for six months full time when we moved here. Forgot most of it. But you know what? It's okay. We get by. Have you ever brewed beer? No? Myself? Yes. Nope. No. Uh, well. Don't skip the... We got I, I, some I helped. Questions. I helped. Well, I helped a few times do it there, yes. Like, I was, like, the okay. assistant brewer. Uh, when you're assisting an actual master brewer, you do the shitty jobs. Yeah. You're, you're like, the one that takes the dresh out, you know, like, the leftover oats. So you're the ones that put them in the bacal. You bring them outside. You know, you do the... the whole thing. Yeah. Could you answer the question, first beer you ever brewed? Or Actually, first beer you ever assisted in brewing? Uh, the first beer I brewed was in 2000. Eight, okay. and it was either we only had two beers at that time it was either the Bonaventure or the Blonde de Lance or okay. our Amber Ale or our Blonde Golden 
Golden Ale, I should say. And it was with Ben that has Oval now and Francis in 2008. That was a while ago. Yeah, okay. Um, what would be your death row slash meal pairing? So your final beer and meal pairing. Uh, what I've been doing a lot lately is I take the goes. The goes, which is, once again, a German-style sour ale, but salty. Because when it originated, they took water that, you know, like at some point water, mixed right? with... Exactly. Yeah. So it has that nice salty, even though it's acidic, it has a saltiness to it. I mix that with maple smoked salmon. So that way, yeah, because that way you're getting this the sweet and sour in your mouth at the same time. It's an explosion of flavor. That sounds really good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And also, that? if you don't mind, uh, I our robust porter, yep. I make clients try that with a dark chocolate, mm-hmm. 70% cocoa and higher, and a blue cheese, not or. So you're actually putting the blue cheese in your mouth, the dark to- chocolate, mixing everything together. Then mm-hmm. you take that sip of robust porter. That's amazing. Yeah. Because the chocolate, okay, when it, you're having 70% and more, it's bitter. So your your black beer is going to get the bitterness of the chocolate. It cut makes, that. It makes a 180 in your mouth and goes and get the salty part of mm-hmm. the blue cheese. And everything mixes together. It's amazing. Hmm. I'm actually down for that. I'm not a huge blue cheese person, but that well, that's amazing. Well, when I'm in a grocery store, what I tell people, if you don't like blue cheese, start with like a, a milder blue cheese. Okay. No, I don't like, totally dislike it, but I'm down for that. Though, if you say so. I'm uh, when you drink and eat that, I want you to think of me. Every time. Forever. <laughs> there you go. You see? <laughs> I know this applies. Favorite and least favorite style to brew. Uh, well, you see that, like I said, I've only brewed me two or three the times. Uh, I participated, though, in the first uh, spontaneous fermentation beer. I was very proud of that. Nice. Yeah, I was there when we filled the tank and everything. So that was obviously, for me, uh, very important. Because first one in Quebec. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, least. We do 100% ale. We don't do any lagers. Lagers are longer to ferment and everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say lager, not because I have anything against just because we don't do them personally at Big Caribou. Right. Fair. I like that. Um, probably doesn't apply worst beer you've ever made uh, myself no uh, Pit Caribou certain types sell less like we came out with a mild ale at one point like which is in mild, yeah. English exactly and then, let's face it in Quebec that's not the style of beer people want we don't want no, no. English like mild ales and Yon. it's just not what people are looking for yeah. No, we want hops we want sour we want in your fucking face yeah. amazing beer barrel yeah, yeah. yeah totally totally um once again, probably doesn't apply. What music do you listen to when you brew? Uh, I'm a hard rock fan myself. Yeah. yeah. When I was growing up and I was a teenager, uh, Bla- I was introduced to Black Sabbath. Okay. I did some really, really crazy, uh, not necessarily legal trips on Black Sabbath. Nice. Wow. Yeah. You gotta love Black Sabbath. He's beating me out. He's making me. Is this lightning I'm making round? Making me talk. I know what the lightning <laughs> rounds for. So it's I get to, to make drink. the person talk more so that you can drink. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just me drinking and just asking one question. <laughs> And then sometimes I'll feel like talking just to give you a chance to drink because that's why I do it. And then I just keep back. I think you have the same problem at the sausage pin pad. He's like, holy shit, man. You're trying to steal the show, you motherfucker. You know, yeah. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I don't like it's your. This is your I told platform. you, Craig, you need somebody. Like I said, I'm inexpensive. No, it's the word user. Um, uh, affordable. I'm affordable. You, and, need, you um, need a co-host. I'm there. Brands affordable. And that's all that matters. What's your favorite hop? Galaxy. Why? Just because Australia. all you can go and get. Yeah. Just because all you can go and get out of it. It's amazing. It's true. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like it like overwhelms everything 
that it comes in contact with. It's like true. Australians. Yeah. Because that's what we do. We fuck everything up. And the last one, what does your family think of your job? My parents love it because since I've, I'm 34 years old, since I was like this high, everyone will like say, shut up, Brad, because I talk too much. But now I actually look at them and say, remember you yeah. told me to shut up? Remember? Now uh-huh. I get paid to talk. Uh-uh. So, lucky I didn't listen, mum. There you go. That's what I say. I like that. That's yeah. true. That's fantastic. Did we want to finish off on, did you have that other idea you want to finish off on, or we finished off with these ones? These ones uh, no, definitely. Uh, I'm going to have a piss, and then we're going to finish off with something cool. Love it. All right. I'm excited. Are you? I'm definitely excited. I'm ready. I'll be back. Take your time. You're good, mate. So those beers were great, guys. The uh, the two sours, fantastic. Oh, wow, wow. As soon as I start talking about myself, you just turn the camera off and change the battery. Wow. That is... That's cold, Tiffany. Tiffany, that is cold. No, well, you know what? It's not about that, Tiffany. It's not about that. Um, these two beers are really, really good. I'm not sure if I've actually had either of them before. Last time I was here with Chris, I don't recall um, exactly which beers I had. I know I had Lollipop. I swear I had something else, though. That was the only thing. Um, and everything has just been phenomenal though still like it's really 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 good man Um, the fact that these two sours I mean you could taste something that's like uh, you could taste like ginger in it and stuff that's not there I don't know it's just so sick Um, so if you're in Quebec I don't know if you're going to really be able to get pig caribou beers outside of uh, Quebec at all but if you're able to um, access here we go. Nope, I haven't had any of them. Good. Okay. Yeah, if you're uh, unable to access any of their beers, like, it's definitely worth trading for. Um, particularly these sours. Like, that, like the first one, like I said, that Saison was just exceptional. Like, so refined and so well made. And these two sours are so dope. Um, both very, very different. And I guess they bottled them. So hopefully they're still around. Like you said, they might be gone by the time this drops because it's about a month out now. Um, but, yo, it's really, really solid. Um... I've, I've, I guess I hadn't had that many of the uh, the crazy things that Pit Caribou have been doing. I'd heard about a lot of them, and I'd tried some of the beers at the festivals and things like that. Like that Creek Porter we were talking about, the Cherry Porter was honestly my favorite Pit Caribou. Of, like for the longest time, that was my favorite beer of Chambly. I think the first year we went, and at the time they weren't bottling it, and they started bottling it recently ish, and um, it's been. Like I've been, I haven't seen it for a little while. But if I ever see it in a bottle, and they only come in like, well, at least when I saw it, like the seven fifties, um, and fuck, grab that shit. It's just so lit. And I guess he's saying he puts it under sour beers, which is kind of strange, but I guess it does make sense because it is kind of funky and sour. But I'm not funky, but like it's definitely more in that sour, fruity, sour vibe. Um, but there is overall like I was really looking forward to this podcast because I've been a fan for a while they were one of the first sort of uh, better Montreal uh, well Quebec breweries I sort of uh, you know dabbled in when I um, first moved here and you know to see I, I guess I hadn't paid enough attention I, I think I've said this on podcast before I hadn't really focused much on Quebec beers until recently just because we weren't traveling as much so now that we're sort of in montreal a bit longer i'm like shit well i gotta um 
you know, make sure we're getting some podcasts in here and actually exploring the scene a bit more. And it's been such a pleasure to do this. Like, it's been really, really cool. Uh, just, you know, um, you, you know, like meeting all the people in the scene. I mean, we go to these festivals now where we're like bumping into people every like 10 steps type of thing because we know the guys in the scene, the guys and girls in the scene. It's just... It's really, really cool, and and just to, uh, on top of just the people, but the, the beers itself, and just really you know uh, exploring what the whole province has to offer. It's just something that's super sick, and I think that uh, you know, if, if particularly if you're listening and you you know you're elsewhere, if you're in the states or in a, elsewhere in Canada, like definitely Quebec beer is is really, really impressive. Um, and Pete Caribou are, are most certainly up there. Like he said, he he wasn't bullshit when he said that Pete Caribou are some of the best in. Um, in the province, if not the country, uh, at least from what I've had today of, of these sort of style of beers, they're just exceptional. Um, and, and something about Quebec that does that as well. That's why Food and was so cool because it was all that type of uh, all the you know the sour and um, I don't know barrel aged saisons, all that type of stuff. It's very very cool, man. I'm definitely grateful to have uh, the opportunity to drink this stuff regularly. And this place, to be honest, is in my hood. Like. I just don't really, I don't really go out to pubs too often, but um, definitely going to be trying to swing by here a bit more. I think it's super dope that they got all the uh, the guest taps as well. I mean, and I didn't realize that the ones were from uh, all from East Coast people. I mean, the North Fries I've had a bunch of their stuff. They're really, really good. They did a collab, like a Goza collab with um, Dave from Decapsule. And they did, uh, they actually used seawater, which is so sick, because I don't think many people actually use seawater. They chuck salt in, which is so crazy. And even here, this one here, Au Fou Brasson. I've never actually heard of them. They do a New England. I don't know how that is. That sounds interesting. Um, and they got Magic Rock as well, which is crazy. Magic Rock are uh, um, a brewery from England. Uh, I had one of their beers recently. They did a collab with Bellwoods, super sick. And I think I tried some of their stuff at uh, Liquid Arts, which was really good. Um, and I, they got Fair State as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, and the type of beers they're, they're getting from all the imports, I guess, they're really smart. They're getting stouts and sours and stuff, things that aren't going to die, I guess, in the bottle or in the can or whatever. Um, unless he's a draft. It could be draft, actually. Listed like that, because... Sorry guys, I'm tired. Um, yeah, but it's super, super sick. Very, very impressive overall. Um, so the pub here in Montreal is pretty chill. Definitely a good place. Like, like I think there's like room for a patio, but they don't have one. But they got a lot of like great sun at the front there, so it's totally a good place for uh, for summer. But it's also kind of like cozy for the winter because it's like mad warm and like lots of wood and stuff like that. Uh, which is great and the food yo I was telling Tiff before that uh, when I came here with Chris and um, Mary Eve from Hops and Bros she got Mary Eve got a like a, a, a cheese plate and the, you know like man Quebec does not mess around you can't go here and get a bad uh, like cheese and meat plate super sick uh, and even here they have a um, like they call it Bouffe Gaspésien like I guess like you know get food from Gaspésien or whatever and it's all like exactly how they do it out there, which is super sick. Um, you know, all the different type of stuff. And I don't know a lot about it, but like, you know, sausages and olives and mackerel and uh, jerky. Jerky de yak. I don't know what the hell that is. Like actual yak? This YAC can, it's weird. Um, it's really cool. 
I like it a lot. It's definitely the uh, one of the one of the cooler, more, more interesting places in Montreal to to come by. And like I said earlier, briefly on the podcast, that uh, when I first moved to Montreal, 2012, we lived in um, the plateau. But we were sort of on, there's a park called um, Parc La Fontaine, like Fountain Park or whatever. And I lived on the other, like the southeast side of that. We're in the northwest side of that right now. So it's not that far. Literally just walk across the park and you're here. And like there's one of the best poutine restaurants literally across the streets here called um, Restaurant La Banquise, which is one of the places we came. And if you come to Montreal, you're coming here for poutine. So we... Used to go there often. That stuff plays dead ass. They got like a line, excuse me, like a line, uh, twenty four hours a day almost. And they're open twenty four hours, by the way. Um, so Pit Caribou is right across from there, and it was always like I never heard it. Like I said, until I came with Nate, and um, it was really cool to see that this place is open. And it's, it's something that doesn't happen very often that a brewery would open a tap room. Uh, you know, in, in Montreal, in a place like this, it's you know, it's not super common. Um, and I think it's just really dope. They don't brew out of here. There's no fermenters. There's nothing here. They import everything. Um, it's super sick. We're gonna finish this off with an amazing beer that's been aging over a year. Okay. I'll take your glass. Oh yes, thank you, sir. Glass. Thank you very trust much. Trust me. I, I trust. And if you look at here, you'll even see how much this is worth. Trust me, people. Serious one. Is in the budget. It's, this is not like me. This is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like me. Brad is affordable. This beer, not so affordable. Well, they bust out the small glasses. So now we know when they got the small glasses, this shit ain't a joke out here, fam. You know what I mean? So I wonder which one is uh, bust out. Oh, wow, they got so many of their own beers that are all in bottles here. I still think it's, I'm sure everything's expensive, but it's like just so reasonable, reasonably priced for $7.50 at a bar, less than 30 bucks. Of like really, really, really good beer, and it's just crazy to me that they do this many. Like they're just busting out beers, particularly because it's like old barrel aged stuff, and there's like it's like there's a limit to this, you know, to a degree. So like, there's just so many. It's amazing. Um, like it looks like I'm looking here, like in a cassis, like uh, black currant beers, um, black and. Imp- Black Imperial Berliner Weiss Pinot Noir. Jesus. Rum barrel and stuff. Oh, I've had that before. BSSS. Brett Session mm-hmm. Saison. De Sieg, which is rye. Um, man, this is crazy. Lots of... Uh, I never thought you could really age Berliners in, in barrels. That wasn't really something that I was super familiar with. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, lots of Berliner. Berliner Weisses are so sick, though. Oh, Mans is bringing this over on a tray. You know it's serious when there's a tray. Now, trust me. Oh, this I is did. even better than what I told you because okay. this isn't even on the menu. Uh-oh. No. This is what I think we should try and get a close-up on. Uh-oh. This is a... We were, mocking, we were mentioning earlier collaborative brews. This is PAB for Pit Oval, which is Benoit was talking about, and Brewery for Sutton Brewery. If you look in here, you can actually see... Yes. <laughs> Trust me, this is amazing. They actually made a video. Look, I even just opened this. I've got something huge. Just a bus. You can't be uh, messing around. Now, if you're to drink one beer today, my dear, I think this should be the beer. <laughs> this is the one. Okay, fine. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm going to let you try this even before Craig and I. Try this. Say, say you know it's real. I'm, 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 not, I'm being nice. I'm only giving her like this much. She doesn't want to drink it. Respecting it's the not because I. It's not because I want to drink it all. It's just because I'm respecting you. Try this. 
and we're respecting the, the ketogenic diet. Shout out to all the keto fans. Actually, if you're on keto, you're not listening to this podcast at all. Or you're listening to it to get your beer fixed because you can't drink it. Yeah? That's serious. This is amazing. And this, the brewers actually made a video they put online on Facebook where they're driving around inside the brewery on motorcycles. Yeah? Like they're going around in between the... That's amazing. Yeah. And you see, this is referred to as... Once again, we used Gaspesian yeast. Okay, levure, which is in yeast. Oh, indigenous. Like indigenous Gaspesian local. yeast. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, the three master brewers came out with this. And it fer- the PIB fermented by flowers that were added into the... When you say back refroidissar, mm-hmm. that means a cool ship. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So this was put into the cool ship. Exactly. Refroidissar, it cooled off in the cool ship. And élevé en barrique de vin rouge québécois. So it aged in red wine barrel. Exactly. You see, there you go. There you go. And it has, when it originally came out, it had honey notes because there was a lot of honey in it. So, and when did this this. come out? This came out, is the date on it? No, I do not believe so. This came out, uh, once again, if you go on the Caribou website, if you can do that right now, we can check it out. I certainly can. So, we keep this beer here, I'm not going to lie to you, for. What we use the word in French, des invités de marque, very special invitations. Special occasions? Special invitations, yeah. yeah. Well, I am honored, man. This, this, this is a serious one. Here we go, I'm looking at the website. Now, if you look at earlier, we were talking, I, you can actually see a little bit of difference here. Yes, slightly. Like, and I rouse a little bit. Just a little bit of rouse, not too much rousing, though. So I'm going to take this away now, put this in the front here. Here you go, pop. Exactly. Does it go to a separate page? Uh, no, see, brassé, it's the same description. Does it say when it comes out? If you, uh, no. Mm. This is under... No. No, didn't say? It's okay. Do you no, know there's no date. I could actually... This would have come out maybe uh, six months to a year ago, I'd say. Okay. Let me see if it's a... The Wild Ale 4.8? Yes, exactly. Perfect. It's my cousin Rachel. Hey, want to come on the camera, Rachel? <laughs> well, who ironically I ran into walking down the street while I was lost this afternoon trying to find the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Get it in you. Oh. That's exceptional. That's exceptional. You know how I mentioned earlier there's the regular beers and there's yep. this? Like this, I would, I would definitely not come out with it just for anyone. No, I... I'm very uh, conscious and thank you. This is fantastic. This is now, like you have to do a picture with the bottle or something. Oh, that's what we're going to do. Shots or something. Yeah, are you kidding me right now? Like, come you on. have to do something. Come on. Uh, you want the bottle or you want? Yeah, send the bottle, please, please, please. Don't, don't drop it. I wouldn't. Are you kidding me? Holding this on, hold on to this for dear life. Oops. This is very important. Here we go. All right. It is gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, right? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like I said, this was three master brewers, uh, the cool ship, uh, local indigenous yeast. It's just amazing. It's 4.8, right? Uh, I believe so. If I'm not mistaken. Where the fuck is it? 4.8, yes. 4.8? Yeah. And it's a wild ale, would you say? Uh, We could... Probably refer to it as a wild ale, yeah. Sure. What would you uh, What would you refer to it as? What, what do you think is accurate? 
having just had another sip, I would use the term wild ale. Yeah. I get a little bit of that honey still. Yeah. In there. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's that is fantastic. It's like this um texture that I get in beer sometimes, and this has it. It's like a it's almost like a chewiness. I don't know. Like, I know what you mean. It's it's solid. Yeah, this there's so much taste to it that it's actually you can chew through this. Yeah, it's like this. This is exceptional. I like this. Like little, I love it when there's little bits of floaties in there as yeah, well. The, uh, what is what are the floaties? Is yeast? I guess it's the. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeast. Sure. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 Flowers. Yeah. Flowers. Yeast. Honey. Yeah. All that stuff. Everything. All of the above. All of them. Yeah. This is this is this is really really exceptional. So this one really like if anyone wanted to get this like good luck. Uh, theoretically, if you come here, uh, it's not even on the menu. But if you ask for this beer, there are still a few bottles in the fridge. Okay, but you know, get your wallet out. Uh, I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, but it's worth every penny. Yeah, four point eight. You can drink it yourself. You don't even have to share it. Yeah, I mean, it's more fun if you share it. But you don't have to. I mean, God, that's amazing. Yeah, right. I really have a, uh, I was just saying before, like I always, I always really liked you guys. Um, I had had like the Creek Porter, honestly, was my favorite beer for the longest time. I was like, before you bottled it, I tried it at Charmden, you hadn't bottled it. So I was like, always trying to get that goddamn beer. And it was always saying like, the IPA was one of the first ones I'd ever traded as well. And I bought one for myself and went to trade because I was trying to find the best IPAs in Quebec. So I grabbed that one and the Yakima from the Castor, obviously, which was a, a great option. This was 2013 around the time. And um, so I always had a soft spot for you guys because you were one of the first, I guess, like local breweries. I was moving to Montreal and didn't really know what the hell was going on before the podcast, but I was doing the reviews. And um, the more I'd gone to festivals and seen you around and the lollipop and uh, like whenever I had Shambi, I can pitch it. It's the same booth in the same place every year. So I know exactly where it is. I always make sure I grab something from there. Um, and just to see now the pub is here and I've been here like three or four times. And now today trying the, like, the range of stuff and everything has been like no exaggeration beyond exceptional. Like, I, awesome. I, I feel like I get it so much more. But you see, that's what our goal is. The client experience. When, when someone comes here, I want them to leave and I want them to say, wow, what I just had was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, not only just your own stuff, but even just like, you know, reviewing why you were getting that stuff. I was just reviewing. I think it's so sick that you've got the, 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 the stuff from the East Coast. Uh, the, sorry, the Eastern Quebec, that stuff, and from the food and everything. It's just an experience, I guess. It is. That's what it is. We want like local Gaspesians to be able to feel at home. Mm. And I think also, like whether you're a tourist coming from out of town or whether you're a local Montreal and you want to have some authentic Gaspésie, um, ex- you know, experience. Like, well, if 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 Rachel. See, she's, we don't see her on the camera, but yes. as I mentioned, my cousin's here. Uh, a lot of Gaspesians live outside of the Gaspé coast, like Rachel, that's still yeah. looking over, and she's like, oh, I hope the camera's not looking. So okay. She's smiling, though. They can't though. see you. They can't see you. <laughs> but it gives Gaspesians a place to go and feel at home. Yeah. Whether it's the beer, whether it's the decor, whether it's the food, you can feel at home away from home. Yeah. That's what the whole goal of the Pit Caribou Pub is. It's fantastic. Uh, I think that's what it's all about. Um, man, thank you so much for uh, that chat. That was fantastic. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. Uh, where can they, everybody, reach you for your affordable rates? <laughs> okay, where can they find I, you? <laughs> go through Craig and uh, he'll he'll fix you up. DM us at BOS Podcast. We'll, we'll, Don't forget, we'll he's, he's the beer pimp. 
Don't ever forget that. Uh, where can we find Pit Caribou online? Uh, www.pitcaribou.com. Got a Facebook page. There's a Facebook page for the this pub here in Montreal. Yes. And there's also a Pit Caribou a Facebook for the brewery. Perfect. So there's both. I think there's Instagram for both as well. Yes. Because I always tag the wrong one because it's Pit Caribou Pub MTL. Exactly. Um, so that is perfect. Guys, uh, thank you again, brother. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you give us a big fat boom, thumbs up. There you go. Thank you. Hit subscribe below right down there. Hit the notification bell. Ding so you know when the new videos drop. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Uncle Bob here. Bless you. He's very affordable um, and reason- extremely reasonable. And, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on Spotify. We're out there now as well. Um, that is it, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Get it in you.